One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your host Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the World of High Stakes Fantasy Football, as always joined by the Big Blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mikey, this is the 10th annual Roto Bowl kickoff show. What's going on, my man? Hey, man, a lot of exciting stuff, man. Roto Bowl, uh, you know, that's kind of been the way to go for you guys, Scott, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun, and uh, just glad to be on board, and uh, glad to watch this draft, uh, you know, develop. This is the Roto Bowl tenth annual Roto Bowl draft, the live kickoff draft, the only public Roto Bowl draft of the 2014 season. Brought to you by your good friends at Scout Fantasy and FFToolbox.com. Uh, real good stuff tonight, Mike. Uh, let's get the particulars out of the way. If you want to call up the show, 347-324-5404. You can reach us, uh, scott at fftoolbox.com. Uh, you can, you can uh, Twitter uh, on Twitter. It's at Red Blue Radio. And uh, you know the rest, guys. Look, this is a big draft. I want to introduce the uh, participants of the draft. Shamson, Hanish, uh, Jake Locker, MVP. Mark Porwit has the two-pick crown their ash. Mike E, Guns No Murder, you'll see him on the, on the uh, draft board there. Number four, Ryan Hanlon, Carolina Super Luke. Number five, Edward Nolan, Gridiron Irishman. Number six, Todd Hunter, Tree Huggers. Number seven, Rob Benetti, Twin Spires. Number eight, Andrew Palermo, Walk With Me in Hell. I'll tell you about him in a minute. Number nine, Frank Shinnick, Bright Side of Life. Number 10, Eric Wright, They Hate Me. 11, Aces Full, Frank Masco. 12, Joey Brown, fantasy surgeon lots of good drafters in here tonight and mike the surprises start early right off the bat shamson hanish jake locker mvp with the one pick selects matt forte matt forte is off the board with the first pick overall bad pick or a good pick there mike because usually it's a combination of mccoy peterson or charles what do you think about forte at at number one Risky, 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 risky. Uh, obviously, uh, Champson uh, has a lot of uh, gut feelings, which there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with gut feelings and uh, feeling uh, feeling the love for a player. But uh, based on stats and based on what what I see, 
Uh, I really see uh, uh, LaShawn McCoy or Jamal Charles being way ahead of uh, Matt Forte. Okay, well, that's one opinion. Counter opinion on that, Mike. I like the pick. I really do. I, I, I look at this, and I see questions with the other backs. You have questions with the Jamal Charles backs, uh, the, the offensive line, all, you know, four replaced starters on that offensive line, plus the injury late in the season. So there's some questions for you. How about Chip Kelly's offense with LaShawn McCoy? You bring in Darren Sproles. What do you bring him in here for? You don't bring him in here to carry the ball. You bring him in so that he can catch passes. Um, so questions are there. There could be a McCoy uh, reduction in receptions. I'm just saying. And then Adrian Peterson, he's not getting any younger. He's still the man. He's still Superman. But there are questions when he's not getting any younger. So uh, born in 1985, this is 2014. That's coming up on the 30. He's still the man but also young quarterback. There, are, there aren't any questions with Matt Forte and that Chicago Bear offense. He was fantastic. He was dynamite last year, Mike. He was the number two scoring running back overall last year. And, uh, look, they're going, to have, uh, they're going to have another good offense. Very few questions. I well, call it a safe pick, uh, uh, safest pick out of any of the, uh, the top picks. Well, I wouldn't call it a safe pick, Scott, honestly. Uh, I'm, I'm, well, no, I take that back. I would call it a safe pick, but if you got the number one pick, you got to make sure you know what you're doing and get get maximize all the points you can. Do you have the most points? When you look at those three players, when you look at Forte, Charles, McCoy, did you get the most points? Do you think you've got the most points out of that one player? Because it's going to be another bunch of bunch of slots before it comes back to you. Did you get the most points? Okay, I didn't really understand what you just said there, but Matt Forte, bro, uh, first round pick. It's a very safe pick. I don't want to lose my draft in the first round. I, I, but I, I don't think I'm going to win it because all of the picks are good picks. But you can hit a landmine. And so questions do exist with those players, and I, and I think there's very few questions. So let's move on from Matt Forte. Jamal Charles, our good buddy, Twin Spires, Rob Benetti, winner of the 2006 NFFC Classic. We all remember Rob with that team with Steven Jackson and those Rams back in the day. Jamal Charles at two. Good to have you here, Rob. No guns, no murder at the three-pick taking LaShawn McCoy. So there's your two guys, Mike. You brought them up. There they are. It didn't yep. take long. Mike E. takes LaShawn McCoy. And, look, nothing, nothing wrong with that pick whatsoever. Uh, he'll, he'll still be a stud. Number four, this is where you start to ask yourself, where's Adrian Peterson? But walk with me in hell. Andrew Palermo takes Calvin Johnson, the first wide receiver on the board. Now, I want to thank uh, our good friend Frank Schenick for doing the research on this, on, this roster, on this group of drafters. But I already knew Andrew Palermo. 2013 Football Guy Player Championship started off the year 11-0, regular season 11-0. Very hard to do. I've never – it's been a long time since I've seen somebody go 11-0. He was in 12th place overall with one week to go. Uh, Andrew had a heck of a year last year. What do you think about Calvin Johnson passing on Adrian Peterson to go ahead and lock up the best receiver, maybe best player in the game? Well, you might – I mean, you got your – once those three backs are gone, what do I do? Do I go ahead and get AP, or do I go ahead and get the best uh, wide receiver in the game? Uh, so, you know, you can't go wrong either way. 
in my opinion, Scott. You, you have to go ahead and uh, take Calvin. He believed in Calvin, so take him and have no no regrets whatsoever. And wherever Adrian falls, then Adrian will fall. And then uh, on the flip side, uh, he'll come got, come back and get a uh, running back down the road. By the way, I want to give a big shout-out to the chat room, the crew here, some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. You've been with us for years. I, I mean, how long have we been doing this show, Mike? Are we, are we coming up on our 300th episode soon? Brothers Mayhem, so. Crown Their Ash, Fantasy Assassins, Fantasy QB, Get Paddled. You guys are here with us every week. IPS Driver, Kicking Bass, Interactive Fantasy Football. Welcome to Red vs. Blue. Uh, Max Bizzo is back. Marcel Reese. Podcast Warrior. Uh, let's see if Marcel Reese will get some carries this year. Mostradamus is in the chat room. Ted Rokas, the Bills Top Gun, Urinal Men, nice, all of you guys. Nice. Thank you for being uh, here. And yeah, I also absolutely. I also have to mention uh, there's some other people in the room. Guest, 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 and uh, one more guest. Yeah, that's uh, that's a really nice chat room tonight. Thank you guys for being here. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Uh, Calvin at number four, I, I have no problem with it. Look, if you don't want to take yeah. your – some people would want to get – this is the FFWC, the Fantasy Football World Championship format. Rotable is converted to the, the FFWC format a couple of years ago, and uh, it's a very important to, to know the rules, to know the, the, the roster uh, starting lineups, the scoring, everything about the format you need to know when you go into the draft. So let's recap for the listeners at home. The FFWC uses an 11-man starting lineup, Mike. You know all about this. One quarterback, yep. two running backs, three receivers, one tight end, one kicker, and two flex. Mike, the 11-man lineup, it's a big hit with the veterans and the, and the high-stakes players. Why? Well, it, mean, it means a lot because uh, you, you, can, you have so, so much flexibility there. I mean, there's so much flexibility to where you can uh, add that extra in the waiver wire. I mean, my gosh. I mean, there's just so much you can do with it. So you, you have to have it. it it's, it's a necessity in, uh, in any contest that you want to be in. Okay. Okay. So you're talking about the, you're talking about the flex component. When I, what I'm going to say is the 11-man lineup separates the men from the boys. Or the, you know, yeah. and, and again, there's some very good female drafters, by the way. No, no, no I don't mean any, anything by that, but it separates the men from the boys. It's a 20-man roster, so we're going to draft 20 rounds tonight. An 11-man lineup means that you are digging deep into your bench to get that lineup in, especially during the bye weeks and the weeks where injuries have hit. If you have the deeper lineup's going to win. It reduces the luck factor in fantasy. We can't eliminate the luck factor, and it wouldn't be any fun if we did, I don't think. I mean, otherwise it would be a points league, right? Just a straight points league. Those aren't as fun as real traditional fantasy football where there's wins on the line every week. And, And we've reduced the luck factor because you start 11 players, they start 11 players. And while you're putting in a lineup and maximizing on your depth on your bench, your opponent, unless he drafted well, he or she, He's going to be struggling to put that lineup in and to field a good team. So when I see Calvin right. Johnson go at the four pick, I understand that. You have to start three wide receivers and potentially two flex. And if last year taught us anything, and Henry Muto, bow down to Henry Muto in the chat room, last year he went wide receiver heavy early on, and he got dogged for it on the, on the show. Uh, we had several yep. people on the show, and they, they really critiqued that draft. And, and i got to tell you, 
wide receiver heavy was the way to go last year. There were plenty of running back landmines, and running back by committee was really the way that you won titles last year. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I was I was one that was on the uh, bashing Henry Muto uh, <laughs> bandwagon. You know, I was bashing him left and right. I'm going, dude, you got to get a running back sooner or later. And he said, well, I'll get one. It'll happen. But uh, it did happen, but he, he wasn't concerned. And uh, so, uh, you know, it, it the whole – landscape of drafting has changed so much Scott and uh, you know I'm already seeing it in the first round of this uh, Rotoboat uh, you know there's what what four or five running backs drafted and now we're now we're going our wide receivers I mean so it's, oh. it's, it's kind of crazy Mike I, I have to interrupt you there are some big developments going on at the end the back end of this first round draft and we are going to get to them uh, let, let's continue to take a look here um, we are going to take a look at the five-pick tree huggers. Everybody knows Todd Hunter, veteran of the high-stakes world. Uh, not an easy draft anytime Todd is here. FFPC Dynasty and redraft wins. Definitely you need to check out the football guy interview that was done on him in 2012. Uh, Todd Hunter, a, uh, a big FFWC player, takes Demarius Thomas with the five-pick. I like that pick, Mike. He could be the I number – there's, there's, there's a handful of wide receivers that could be number one this year. Demarius is obviously on that list, especially with Eric Decker gone. Uh, Demarius Thomas, number five, the second wide receiver off the board. And, again, taking them before Adrian Peterson. But then at the sixth pick, there it is, Adrian Peterson to aces full Frank Masco. What do you think about Adrian Peterson falling to six? Did Frank just get a steal or what? I, you know, it was kind of a coin toss. I bet he was uh, between uh, Adrian Peterson or Demarius Thomas. Um, you know, he, he's probably thinking, well, you know, the, the, the three, uh, Forte, Charles, McCoy, they're off the board. Okay, well, what am I going to do? I'm probably going to go wide receiver because somebody's going to take AP. Well, they didn't. And he's thinking, okay, let me go ahead and take him right now. And that's going to leave him flexibility down the road. All right, I got you. Adrian Peterson, a steal at the sixth pick. Uh, wow. You know what? I see in the, in the, on the switchboard, I'm going to go ahead and pull in our guests for this evening. If you listen to Sirius XM Fantasy, big things happened on the Roto Experts show this morning. Um, it was a very big day. It was probably the biggest day in the history of Sirius XM Fantasy for me. I'm a listener, and I'm a fan, and I listen to the Fantasy Channel every day, just about every day. If I don't, I catch it on the replay. And there, there wasn't ever a, a show that really hit home like the show uh, today. Uh, for the Roto Experts. It was a great show, and I want to bring in our guest. you got to get out the insurance cards, get out the copay. The office is open. Dr. Roto joined us on Red vs. Blue, making your debut. What's going on, my man? Oh, man, I'm happy to be here. It was a great show. It was a great tribute. I, I really you know, I loved what I'm doing, at, what I did at SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio. Loved with, working with the Roto Experts. But, hey, we're going with Scout.com. Couldn't be any happier. Let's go red blue. I'm looking at this draft right now. I'm getting blown away already. <laughs> I'm getting blown away too. Hey, by the way, Mark, uh, Dr. Roto, meet Michael Trent from Brandenburg, Kentucky. Michael Trent. How you doing, Dr. Mark? Roto. What's up, Mike? How you doing? Dr. Roto here. Yeah, I'm doing great. Doing great. Nice to talk to you, man. Looking forward to a great show. And uh, what blows you away about this draft so far? Because I'm I'm kind of blown away myself. <laughs> 
I mean, Peterson going at six, Jimmy Graham going in the middle of the second round where Julius Thomas goes first, Larry Fitzgerald going in the end of the first, a quarterback going in the first round. I know his name is Peyton Manning, but I'm not speechless. If anybody's ever listened to me in the morning, they know I'm not speechless, but I'm practically (laughs) speechless right now. (laughs) You know, this is the thing. When the money drafts start, when the money drafts start and people are putting up $300, I mean, this is, a, this is not chump change. Now, it's not, our, it's not our biggest draft. You know, the main events, you're putting up $1,695, but still, $300 is not chump change. And I think what happens is, uh, look, people aren't, are, aren't worried about it. They throw ADP out the window, and they take the guys that they want regardless. You're only going to get one or two cracks at these guys, if you're lucky, uh, where they're going to go. Now, look, I see Peyton Manning there. We're going to get to that pick. Some people would say, you know what, why don't you grab him at two in the second round? But if you're, if you're going into a draft with a strategy, uh, look, that's more important than anything. Peyton Manning, uh, we know what he did last year. And if you're a math guy, some of these guys are number crunchers too, Dr. Roto. Uh, do you do that? I mean, are you a number cruncher or are you more of a, a list guy? I'm, I'm more of a list and tears guy, but there's some guys out there that crunch the numbers and they say, hey, it makes sense to take this guy. And if Peyton repeats what he did, it probably does make sense. I'm both. See, what I do is I do my own projections. And so let's just say for, you know, a running back, I'll say 1,000 yards, all right, that's 100 points. Uh, 500 yards receiving, that's another 50, right? So I'll add up the point total. And then when I get the point total, I'll then put guys in tiers. So then I look at it and say, okay, this is a first tier, then this is the next tier. Because at the end of the day, I need to score more points than my opponent. If I do that, I win fantasy football. It's not rocket science. Score more points than your opponent, you win. So I can't argue that Peyton Manning will have more points than, than Matt Ryan. He will. The question is, is it the right value at the right time? I know you're getting the guy, but to pass on Monte Ball, to pass on Julius Jones, to pass on Eddie Lacy, I don't know if I'd do that if I can come and take Peyton Manning in the second round. Mike, you only get yeah. two picks uh, in the first two rounds, right? So if he went Monte Ball, Peyton Manning, or Peyton Manning, Monte Ball, it doesn't really matter. He got his quarterback. He guaranteed himself his quarterback. He still probably got the running backs that he wanted because there wasn't any other running backs that went between them. Uh, but, again, uh, 480 points for Peyton Manning last year. A middle-round quarterback, like a top-four, top-five quarterback, was 340. That's 140 points. That's significant, Mike. Yeah, I totally agree. And, Mark, uh, do, do your projections change from uh, July to August? For instance, uh, right now, this draft, what we're looking at, uh, this is July 18th. You know, come August 18th, that may change quite a bit, quite significantly, as a matter of fact. Uh, so, uh, you know, I mean, how much does your uh, draft strategy change between now and uh, August? Look, it could change week by week. When you get pieces of information, right? And I always say this, you know, Dr. Rhoda will tell you this. I will tell you that if you see a piece of information, you've got to use it, right? A guy gets hurt, you bump up somebody else. A guy's going to get more playing time, you bump him up. So I may project Peyton Manning right now with 40 touchdowns, and I do. But maybe in another couple of weeks I might project him with 46 if the offense looks like it's clicking. If Emmanuel Sanders looks like he's going to be an important part of the offense and he's picked it up, I might bump him up a little bit. So I think you can't ever be fixated on the number. You've got to be able to move those numbers as the season, even in, in the middle, you know, when the season goes on, who's going to perform well each week. But I think now I'm updating my rankings, and it'll be up on Toolbox and Scout in the coming weeks. 
you will see Dr. Roto's rankings, and they may change from week to week. And I'm not saying that Peyton's going to go from one to four, but you could see little tweaks around because that's what happens. Because when you get new information, you've got to keep it updated. You know, Dr. And, Roto and is going kind of, to – go ahead, Mike. Yeah, uh, real quick, uh, Dr. Rowe, it, it's real interesting because, uh, you know, Peyton, he was the first quarterback drafted and uh, haven't seen one since. So, uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's great stuff to update it, to fixate it, and uh, get, it, uh, get it straight. Appreciate it, man. You got it. <laughs> update it, fixate it. You got to keep it straight, bro. Hey, uh, Mike, let me ask you a question real quick. You you golf eighteen holes today or thirty six? Twenty seven. Twenty seven. Okay. And so the buzzer meter is probably going to come in at about what a eight and a half, a nine today? No, it's it's about a seven. <laughs> about a seven. Okay. Well, updated, fixated. It's about updated, a seven. I don't buy it. I don't, I don't buy it. Okay, uh, Dr. Roto joins us on the Red vs. Blue show. Uh, Scott and Mike here. We're nearing our 300th episode here of Red vs. Blue. Uh, we're going to have to do something special for that. Let's keep going with the first round. Again, big developments here in, in the new Scout Fantasy Roto Bowl. Uh, we, we're seeing Peyton Manning drafted at the end of the first round. 480 points last year. Okay, knock it. Bad pick, good pick. I, it, it's unconventional, I'll say that. Uh, it's not what we typically see in high-stakes drafts. Uh, however, uh, when, when real money drafts start, everything is kind of got – you just kind of get thrown out the window. Now, that's not all I'm going to tell you. Gridiron Irishman takes Des Bryant at, uh, at the seven pick. That's normal. A.J. Green, Brandon Marshall, DeMarco Murray. I love DeMarco Murray this year. That's our boy fantasy surgeon, Dr. Roto. Uh, fan, oh, Joey Brown, search. nobody does it better yeah. than Joey, baby. I, I love his first two picks already. What do you think about DeMarco Murray being um, – I, I look at him with number one running back upside. If he plays 16 games without injury, where do you predict – where does the doctor predict that he'll finish in the, in the running back standings? You know, it's funny. I did a first-round bust segment last week on the radio, and I said my first-round bust this year was Marshawn Lynch, and I felt really comfortable with that. And then a couple of people called up and said, you know, Dr. Roto, I disagree with you. I think it's DeMarco Murray. But I don't see it. I don't see how this guy busts. If he's healthy, how is he not arguably a top six running back? They're going to be behind. Their defense stinks. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's their best weapon. Are you telling me, Randall? I mean, get Lance Dunbar? I'm not buying it. DeMarco Murray to me is a is absolutely a guy who right now you could be getting a 10 and by if we had to do this next year if i had to project next year he could be a top four pick so i love what joey did he followed it up with antonio brown who's one of my favorite players Uh, you know picking 10 a lot of people don't like that draft pick joey brown showing you right now this is how you do it at pick 10 dr roto and mike i gotta tell you i love the 10 pick it's probably next to the three pick it's probably my favorite pick and, and I say that because I love to work the turns, right? I love to look in the middle of the draft and start to see what the 11 team has and the 12 team has and get to pick what I think they need if it fits into my draft strategy. It's not, not specifically defensively, but if I have a need for running back and wide receiver, you get to look ahead to that 11 and 12. A little bit harder to do that any further out from that. But, Mike, do you, do you know what I'm talking about, that 10 pick? I prefer the 10 to the 11 and the 12. 
Yeah, I do. Uh, I, I personally, uh, I love DeMarco Murray. Uh, he wants to go. I mean, he's been breeding to go first round. Uh, I still like Eddie Lacy uh, ahead of DeMarco Murray. And uh, am I wrong? What am I missing here? What am I missing? Because first off, the Dallas Cowboys—they're—they're they're going to be a 500 franchise. The re- i mean, the rest of my lifetime. That's all there is to it. They're going to be 500. That's all there is to it. And uh, Eddie Lacy has more upside than Demarco Murray, big time. So I don't know where I'm. I'm just—I I guess I'm missing the boat, guys. So help me out. All right, well, I'll, I'll throw this one to Dr. Roto. Eddie Lacy has more upside than DeMarco Murray, for, for, according to Mike. DeMarco Murray uh, was a monster last year. Eddie Lacy looked good, but didn't average anywhere near the yards per carry that Eddie Lacy did. Eddie Lacy at 4.1, yards after contact 2.3. You look at DeMarco Murray, 5.2 yards per carry, 2.7 yards after contact. They're both in great offenses, and, and, and Eddie Lacy gets Aaron Rodgers back. That's got to help. Yeah, you can't look at it that way. You've got to look at it that even the Packers are committed to the run. Even when they don't run the ball effectively, which is quite often, by the way, they still run it 20 to 25 times a game. Jason Garrett is a mad scientist. That's his problem, and he panics. So if the run's not working, he starts passing, and then DeMarco Murray's not getting any rushes. Do you ever notice that sometimes Murray is like 12 or 82? Yeah. Why is that? So I, like, I, I, I agree with Mike. I'm taking Eddie Lacy first. I'm going to take, not in his order, but Forte, Charles, McCoy, Peterson, then Lacey for me. I still yep. think I may like Ball and I may like Le'Veon Bell, but Murray's in that next tier. But I agree. I think Lacey, how this guy in the middle of the second round, that's yep. mystifying to me. Yep. I, 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 see, I see it. I think it's the first draft we've seen with Eddie Lacey falling that far. He's been kind of that 7, 8, 9 range. For, for in most drafts. So something about, uh, you know, DeMarco Murray, the fantasy surgeon-like. Then you look at uh, They Hate Me, the, the guy in the 11, Eric Wright. He takes, he's the one that takes Peyton Manning in the first round. And then at the end of the draft, Ryan Hanlon, Carolina Superloop, takes Larry Fitzgerald. Now, Ryan Hanlon, I'm going to tell you something right now. Uh, this is 2014. This is not 2011. Uh, maybe even 2012. Uh, but I you know, I, I don't think we've ever seen Larry that. But but something about Larry Fitzgerald, Ryan Hanlon, you have to call up this show and justify that pick to us. Now, no, don't don't worry about it right now. You draft. You you take care of your draft. You study that draft board. We'll come back to you, my friend. Now he does back it up with Julius Thomas. But uh, Scott, I just got a text. I literally just got a text from Larry Fitzgerald. He said, "What was Ryan doing?" <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Larry, he, I don't know. He, he I, 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 I have no idea. I wouldn't <laughs> take you there either. I, I, I told him I didn't know what he was doing. No, no, no. And, and Michael Floyd kind of chuckles too. I mean, look, this is uh, uh but but look, maybe he maybe he knows something that we don't. Maybe this is a, a maybe it's Larry Fitzgerald's brother-in-law or something. I, you know, Ryan could have some inside information. Uh, that we don't, uh, and, and, you know, because Larry Fitzgerald, what is his, what is his ADP? If we, go, if we go to uh, FF Toolbox and you pull up Larry Fitzgerald, his ADP right now is, drum roll, brrr, let's see, okay, where is he? He is nowhere, oh, there he is, uh, pick 45. How about three-something? 
pick forty-five. So yeah, he he definitely overpaid. Wow. It's it's a um, if I had a sound clip for bad pick, bro. Uh, it's a pick. it's a bad yeah. pick. It's a it's a bad pick, but that's okay. You can rebound from bad picks. Now the next pick he took, Keenan uh, Keenan Allen on the third three twelve. Actually, Keenan a Allen. really good value there. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but but let's look at the rest of that draft. He goes Fitzgerald, Julius Thomas. Uh, they hate me takes it's from the eleven hole takes Monty Ball. He so he has the Peyton Manning Monty Ball combo. And then our our good friend Joey Brown takes DeMarco Murray, Antonio Brown. Uh, Doctor Roto, I want to bring this one to you, and then I'll and I'll and then I'll ask you, Mike, for comment uh, on Antonio Brown. Huge season last year, a hundred catch guy. Has anything changed for you about Antonio Brown? Is there a reason why he? Give me a reason why. He may not do as good as last year. No, I don't even see the reason. I got to tell you, I'd rather take Antonio Brown where Ryan took Larry Fitzgerald. That would make more sense to me. My yeah. only problem with Antonio Brown right now is I think Emmanuel Sanders is very underrated. So who's the second receiver there? Don't tell me it's Martavius Bryant. Don't tell me it's Marcus Wheaton. I'm not sure. Lance Moore, maybe. That's my only problem. I think that Brown is going to see more double coverage this year than ever before. He sees Joe Hayden a couple of times, and Joe Hayden's never seen a flag. You know, that guy pulls more jerseys than anybody I've ever seen who works at Dick's Sporting Goods. So there are some issues there, but I think Antonio Brown is a rock-solid second-round pick and a one that I would make in two seconds in any league. Where he, where he was drafting from, uh, you know, it depends. Uh, do you want Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, or uh, Alshon Jeffrey? So you, you've already got DeMarco Murray. You're set. You're locked-solid at uh, running back. So you're thinking, okay, well, I need a wide receiver second round. I've got to get a quality guy. Which one do I want? So he he went ahead with uh, Antonio Brown. So, you know, he basically was uh, deciding between uh, Brown, uh, Julio, and uh, Alshon Jeffrey. I personally, I think I may have gone Alshon Jeffrey, but uh, you can't go wrong. I I think he did well. Yeah, I'm a a big Alshon Jeffrey guy. But, yeah, Antonio Brown getting ready to just get into the prime of his, you know, he's he's still on the way up. He's only been in the league four years, yeah. and the last two years we've yeah. really seen this kid start to explode. Eight touchdowns is a very good year for him, but he has such game-breaking ability. 155 targets. 155 targets. Now, I don't, I don't see why anything would be different. Uh, look, they, 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 had, um, they did bring in Lance Moore, right? They brought in Lance Moore to kind of work the, work the middle, I would imagine. You, you've got, right. uh, and you've got Marcus Wheaton on the other side and, and a good ground game. I mean – I, I think they're, 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 they're very balanced. What, what, very interesting that? move here, Scott. Did you see They Hate Me added Vincent Jackson and then Wes Welker? Three of his first yeah. four picks were Broncos. And, you know, in the daily fantasy space, we call this stacking, right? You stack, stack teams. You don't often yeah. see that in fantasy football, but I guess if I was going to stack a team, I probably, the Broncos would be as good as any. So when you've got Manning, Ball, and Welker – you're basically hoping that every week the Broncos are putting up 35 to 40 points and you're going to reap the benefits. True, true. Yep. Yeah, you know, look, you, you, can, you can justify the Peyton Manning pick in, in the first round. The Larry Fitzgerald pick is mystifying, but it doesn't mean that I don't like it. I, I'm, I like fresh it's, – it's like, it's like a breath of fresh air, even if it's a bad pick. It's something new. It's something different. It's, it's a little out of the ordinary, but you know what? Dude, are, are, do you guys ever get bored with drafts that just look the same you know, everywhere you go? I mean, this draft, honestly, looks like no draft I've ever seen out of the Roto Bowl. And, and let's, let's keep it going. So after Antonio Brown, which we all like that pick, 
by Joey Brown. Bright side of life, Frank Shinnick, uh, who was great and, uh, you know, worked hard through, uh, through put together some profiles for every one of the drafters in here. You've got to share that on the message board. Takes one of my personal favorites, Julio Jones. I had Julio Jones predicted as the number two receiver last year. So you can imagine I had him everywhere, and the injury that uh, that befell him just completely uh, ripped apart of the potential for a third year breakout. Well, this is year this is year number four for Julio. Will this be the year, Doctor Roto, that Julio gets to that hundred type catch season with ten, maybe even fifteen touchdowns? Now it's funny. I don't know whether people who listen to this podcast know members of the Roto family, so I'd like to introduce you to them. Julio sure. Jones yeah. Roto. Keenan okay. Allen Roto, Sammy Watkins Roto, Jordan Cameron Roto, the newest member, and Patrick Peterson Roto. These are my fantasy children. These guys are members, Mrs. Roto and I. We take care of them. We enjoy them. They, got, they, 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 have, they eat dinner with our family. I am such a Julio Jones Roto fan. All this guy has to do is stay in one piece, and he is such an athletic specimen. He should be able to get 12 touchdowns by accident. With, with yeah. a healthy Roddy White and with hopefully Freeman coming in and getting rid of Steven Jackson to get a little pizzazz in that offense, Julio Jones-Roto, easily a top two, top three wide receiver this year. Mike, I, I, in our dynasty league, you know, we're in a couple of uh, dynasties, the hyperactive leagues ran by Ryan McDowell. And big right. shout out to Ryan McDowell, who is facilitating, commissioning this draft tonight. Uh, in the in the booth there, way to go, Ryan, for, uh, for knocking this draft out. Ryan and Mike are tag teaming this. Uh, this draft for us, making sure that it runs smooth for the participants. But in, the, in those hyperactive leagues, Mike, I got offers for Des Bryant this year, and I love Des because I have him everywhere, but I finally got an offer for Julio and a pick. Julio and a second-round pick for Des Bryant. Would you have done that move that I did? I traded Des away for Julio in a second-round pick. Would you have done that? Uh, no. No, I would not have done that. No way. What about you? Dr. Rose, do you play Dynasty? Yeah, I do play Dynasty. I'm thinking when you said that, I was like, wow. I think the reason I say no, and, who, and I'm saying no to my son, by the way, my fantasy child, the injury, the injury factor, it's, he's yeah. just not been able to stay healthy. But it's really yep. close because I think if he does stay healthy, he and Des are, are practically the same, and you're getting the second-round pick. So I can't blame you for making it, but I think you've got to have – you know, good intestinal fortitude on that one because you need Julio Jones-Roto <laughs> to be healthy. Well, and yeah. it also depends on what kind of depth you have at wide receiver uh, down the road. Yeah, yeah, I was coming off a championship with two straight years in that hyperactive five there, so uh, it's a loaded it's a loaded squad. But no, you don't want to talk about my team. You want to talk about your teams and the Rotable teams we're watching tonight. Let's let's move on. Crown their ash. Mark Porwit takes Eddie Lacy. Tremendous value at two five. He's thinking to himself, you know what? I just might win $500,000 this year. A.J. Green, Eddie Lacy start. Gridiron Irishman Ed Nolan takes Jimmy Graham. He's thinking the same thing. We never, Dr. Roto, see Jimmy Graham fall to the 2-6 in the draft. Are you kidding me? Jimmy Graham, 2-6? What what's going on there? Uh, I mean, Jeffrey, there's, three, there's three head scratchers for me so far. Larry Fitzgerald yeah. we've already talked about. Jimmy Graham going after Julius Thomas. And how about yep. Matt Stafford? Going at three three before Aaron Rodgers. That's all Maybe that. I missed the boat on that one. But how do you take Stafford over Rodgers? But Jimmy Graham. Look, I've already said I will never take Jimmy Graham in the first round. 
But at that point in the second round, his value is immense, and especially in a league that, you know, two flexes, uh, this is a steal right here. Yeah, plus Mike. the dude is happy. The dude is happy. I mean, he finally got uh, the, the contract situation figured out. Uh, you know, I mean, Jimmy Graham's going to be a stud. I mean, he might be a, quote, a tight end, and that's the way you want to get him. And you better get him and get him quick. You better get him in the first round, uh, late first round, uh, early second round. Don't let him fall that far. And you guys remember uh, a couple of years ago, Matt Stafford did throw for 40 touchdowns and 5,000 yards, and, and he was really on pace for something really special last year. And then the wheels just sort of fell off. And we have Joe Lombardi replacing Scott Linehan this year, Jim Caldwell replacing Jim Schwartz. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. So uh, you bring in Golden Tate. You have a very talented backfield. You also give him another weapon in Eric Abron, and we'll talk about that later uh, in the draft after we find out where he gets drafted. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how that pans out. But, hey, Matt Stafford over Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you don't Surprising. see that a lot. Yeah. No. Now here's another guy. I want, to talk about, I want to talk about Todd Hunters. Let's move on with the draft. Uh, we, we have a little bit of time left with Dr. Roto. Eight minutes left here. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight, man. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, there he is, 2-8. Uh, 2-8, uh, we, we see Le'Veon Bell come off the board. What do you think about Le'Veon Bell at 2-8? That's, that's a gift for him. Yeah, I've got to be honest with you. If I'm picking like eight or nine in this draft, I'm thinking Bell as well. I am. I don't know if I'm taking him, but I'm thinking him. I really want to get him. See, that's why I agree with you, Scott. I love that pick 10 because I could take Bell with my second pick there and be very happy. You know, he was called out last year by Ben Roethlisberger. He was injured. He didn't look like he was playing. He looked like he wasn't taking it seriously. And then Roethlisberger basically challenged this guy and said, look, bring it. Step up, kid. And then all of a sudden, from November on, was there a better running back in the NFL than Le'Veon Bell? I mean, really, this guy could catch 60 balls. The guy could run for 1,000 yards and score 10 touchdowns. This is an utter steal where this guy took him. Yeah, you know what, I agree, and I kind of put those two, uh, Le'Veon Bell and Gio Bernard, in the same, because Gio was, uh, he was drafted right after uh, Le'Veon. Uh, you know, I don't know, if I, if I had a gun to my head, what, what would you do, Gio or uh, Le'Veon Bell? Oh, me? I'm, I'm going to take Bell, not because I don't like Bernard, but I don't, I don't trust guys who are that size. And I like Jeremy Hill. I think Jeremy Hill is going to be a guy who's going to be very useful because he's a big battering ram guy. You know, like Ben Jarvis, I think Jeremy Hill is a much updated, a better updated version of him. So Gio Bernard to me I think is best used like Andre Ellington was last year in that 15 to 20 touches a game where I think Bell is a 20 to 25 touch guy. Give me the extra 10 touches. I'll take Bell. Yeah. All right. Gotcha, doctor. Yep, our good friends at Pro Football Reference, they said only six other running backs have finished their rookie season with at least 170 carries, 45 receptions, 1,200 yards, and eight total touchdowns. And two of them happened last year with Le'Veon Bell and Gio Bernard. And so great situations. When you think about the backup in those situations, I'm a little less scared of LeGarrette Blunt just because he doesn't catch the ball. So Le'Veon Bell is going to have a, a you know a, a very good season provided he stays on the field. I think Geo is too. As a matter of fact, I said Geo is the number one back uh, in the in the he's the best back in the in the class. But we'll see 
uh, what happens this year with, with Giovanni Bernard, how many touches, if he, if he gets close to the, that amount of touches, that 300 touches, if he gets anywhere close to that, he's the number one back in fantasy there. I said it. Rob Gronkowski at 210, Arian Foster 211, Marshawn Lynch at 212, the Dr. Roto bust. And then third round, Dr. Roto, Alfred Morris at 3-1. Um, what do you think about Alfred Morris? Is, is, are things, if the offense improves, let's just, let's just ask it this way, because I know some people are really on the Alf Morris fan club and other people won't draft him at all because he doesn't catch passes. But if the offense improves like it should with a healthy RG3 and a Deshaun Jackson to really make things easier on everybody, wouldn't, that, wouldn't it stand a reason that, that you know, Alfred Morris should have a, a better season than you know, 1,300 yards and seven touchdowns? I mean, he could get to 1,510. He's, he's back to being a really good back. Oh, I, I think the two value picks in this draft were Arian Foster at 211 and Alfred Morris at 3-1 because you're looking at two guys, and I agree with you about Morris. I mean, look, RG3, I believe, is healthy, and this guy is going to be exciting, and Jay Gruden knows offense. So he's going to spread out to Sean Jackson. You've got Garcon. You've got Jordan Reed. I think that opens big-time running lanes for, for Alfred Morris. Remember, you got the Eagles defense, not the biggest one. you got the Cowboys defense, the worst possibly in football. And the Giants aren't that great either. So I think Alfred Morris is a steal this year. I think Aaron Foster also. You know, let's not forget, who was the number one pick uh, last year, or one of the top three picks? Aaron Foster's always been a top pick. The Texans really had a hard year last year. But I think Bill O'Brien comes back. They build the fundamentals back. They, they work on that offense. I think Foster gets his 300 touches. I think both those picks were excellent picks and great value in this draft. Mike, finally, I disagree with Dr. Roto on something. I usually feel what you're saying, and, 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 I'm, and I'm on your wavelength, like you always say, uh, but I don't think you're very visionary without Arian Foster. I would just let that guy fall. For me, and, and this is just me, I'm, I'm very risk-averse, and I just look at Arian Foster and the workload almost in the same vein that you look at Marshawn Lynch in the workload, and I say, man, I don't want any part of that heavy of a workload. And that, that experience, it takes a toll, bro. It just takes the a toll. Part of, I can the see best Aaron part of being in this business, the best yeah. part of being in this business is your, your access to guys. And I was talking to John McClain, who works for the Houston Chronicle. You want to tweet, you want to follow somebody on Twitter, go follow him. Because you want to know something about the Texans, John McClain knows it. And I asked that exact yeah. question. I said, does this guy have any tread left on his tires? And he says to me, he goes, Dr. Roto, this guy's got plenty of tread. He really didn't run that much in college. He re he's been injured for some of the parts in, in the NFL. So he's really had two big seasons. He thought Foster was fully healthy. If he tells me that, I start changing. This is when you change your rankings. Because I agree with you in the beginning, but when I hear new knowledge like that from people who are that close to the team, I'm willing to say, you know what, let me rethink this situation. If I can get him in the late second, early third, I'll take it. Man, I love, to, I love to hear that, Doctor. I mean, I really love to hear that. Uh, I have a good friend that's a Houston Texans fan, uh, always has been, and uh, he said, uh, I believe Arian's got a lot left, too. So, I, yeah. you know, you know, it's just uh, it's just what, what you hear and what you see. and uh, But, uh, you know, I'm not so sure Arian has it. I mean, I'm, I'm always straight up honest with you. I, you know, you can hear and see and uh, – whatever you want, but uh, um, I'm not so sure Arian has it. I, I do believe in Marshawn. Yeah, his de he definitely uh, some of, the, some of the, the metrics are, are trending in the wrong direction for Foster. Uh, you can attribute that to a lot of things, but 
four straight years in a row, yards after contact start dwindling. 390, 340, 390 touches three years in a row. Man, that's a lot of workload. And, and asking him to do that again with hammy issues and stuff. You know, you know Dr. Roto, those hammies, they just like to flare up, man. you got a hammy. And that, and yeah, they, two, never, they never go hammy. away. They never go away. They never go away. They take yeah, months to go away. I can just look, see them in street clothes. Yeah, yeah. you know, look, if I tell you I don't hate a guy, it, also, it doesn't mean I'm going to pick him. I don't right. know if there's a time in this draft I'm going to take Arian Foster, but that doesn't mean I don't like the pick, right? Because I think where I want to take Arian. What's that? This is what's going to happen to you, though, bro. It's going to be two eleven, and he's still going to be sitting there. Now you just said two eleven. That's probably pretty good value, right? I mean, I agree. It is. It's, it's, right, but it's, it's I think I know me, and I'm not taking him till the third round. So I know where I want to take him. I don't hate the value at 211, but I'm probably right. going to pass on it. I'm going to let somebody else have it. Maybe I want the upside with Andre Ellington. Maybe I want yeah. Alfred Mars. Maybe I want yeah. Cobb. When I'm going to want to take Foster, somebody's going to beat me to it, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Would you yeah. take uh, Would you take Marshawn Lynch in, in, in front of uh, Aaron Foster? <laughs> you know, I know you're high on Lynch. I'm down. I think this is a contract year for him. I think they're going to run him to the ground. They're not going to re-sign him. Christian Michael is really, really one of the top five backs, and I think you're going to see that in the coming years. So I think that they're going to not worry about how they use Lynch. They're not going to be judicious. They're just going to run him to death this year, which may be good for fantasy, but by week nine, this guy might be in a stretcher. So I'm not sure I'm going to buy into Marshawn Lynch. Gotcha. Gotcha. And that could, and that, and that could hurt someone uh, as a Lynch owner for the playoffs. Exactly. So I might like yeah. it from week one through eight, but if I don't get Michael, I don't think I'm going to be right. happy. So the problem is when you get Lynch, you better you have to, you're mentally thinking about when am I taking his backup, and that's the thing about taking those guys. I don't. I'm going to have to take Michael in round six when I really don't want to take until round eight. Yeah, gotcha. Perfect. Well, doctor. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Twin Spires, Robinetti, very. Got to be happy he took Arian Foster. Otherwise, he wouldn't have taken him. So he's hoping for that 300 carries. And then Marshawn Lynch falling to 212. Uh, Jake Locker, MVP, Shams and Hanish. I'll guarantee you he was thinking, are you kidding me? Marshawn Lynch at 212? I don't know if I could turn that down either. Even though I wouldn't like I, – I, I would just – I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't turn it down. I don't think I could turn down Marshawn Lynch at 212 because I haven't seen him break down yet, you know. Uh, it's a little different than the Foster situation. We've seen him break down, and it's not, it's not pretty. And I just – I'm like, Marshawn, Marshawn Lynch is like, you know, that's why he's got the name, Beast Mode. So he, he, he doesn't have a name like Dr. Roto or Visionary, but he is, uh, he's got a pretty good name. Beast Mode. <laughs> Dr. Roto, hey, welcome to the family, bro. It's glad, I'm, I'm so excited to have you here, and I can't wait uh, until wait you uh, get started sharing some, of the, uh, sharing some of the insights with the Scout family, bro. Hey, this is my first day with Scout. I couldn't be happier to be on with you guys. Thanks for inviting me, and I hope to be on again soon. Man. Hey, Dr. Roto, Mark. Appreciate it so much. All right, thank you. Be well. We didn't get a take care, Mike. We we had we had Dr. Roto on and we didn't get a take care. Oh man, we botched that up. Uh, let's get along with the tenth annual Rotable Draft. Scott Atkins, Michael Trent here on Red versus Blue. Thank you for joining us. The chat room is banging. You guys are fantastic. Love seeing you guys in there uh, enjoying this draft. Lots of things going on in this draft, and you know what? It's exciting. We have a caller from the 704. It's an unfamiliar number to me, so I'm going to go ahead and bring on the 704 as a guest on Red vs. Blue. Hello. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, my name is Ryan. I'm calling from Charlotte, North Carolina. 
Is this is this uh, Carolina Super Loop taking Larry Fitzgerald with the 12 pick? Yes, sir, it is. I'm taking a bunch all of right. All, right. all right, all right, let's hear about it. Uh, nothing to explain there, but a bad internet connection. Oh. And uh, okay. all, all the guys who I had in queue were taken. I was trying to take Jimmy Graham and uh, possibly either Rogers or Breeze next. Oh, oh, so you had your well, cue, you, what, you had uh, a bat. I, oh. Yeah, bad luck. Well, Ryan, no, you, you, you really it, bounced, you, you bounced back well with uh, 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 Thomas, Keenan Allen, uh, Doug Martin, Ryan Matthews, and now you went ahead and took Frank Gore, so you, uh, you know, you bounced back off of that, didn't you? Uh, not really. I'm still having trouble with internet connections. So I wanted Ryan Matthews, but I did not want Frank Gore. It was just a terrible yeah. night for me. Sorry, man. Wow. Oh man, you know what? I would have, I would have rather you stuck to your just made up a story, bro. Just, just made up a story. But no, I, I, I totally, I totally hear you. You know what? You need to get on the phone. Uh, right, you know, that's why we give out the phone number, and that's a, and, and this is a good lesson for everybody listening at home. We have a live commissioner yep. in every single draft, and we give you, we email you, and we put it in the chat room, the phone number. We say, write this down, and if you have any problems, don't try to solve the problem. Get on the phone and call. Call first, okay. and that way we can pause the draft, and we can, we can, it, we can help out. Isn't there a way, uh, yeah, Scott, isn't, isn't there a way they can go in and uh, just – well, that's right. You give the phone number out immediately to where that the ball, it's, it's up, uh, the it's draft up can to be the players. It's, look, it's up to the players, and, and Ryan, I feel bad for Ryan, but it's up to the players to write that number down, to get on the phone. And, look, online drafting's never – I mean, look, anything can happen in an online draft, right? And, and, and we always – and look, and Ryan, you probably remember the email I sent. Like, make sure you have a good Internet connection. I don't know if it's, if it's, if it's something unrelated. You couldn't prevent it. And, it, and sometimes it's not your fault. Uh, but that's why we always say, bros, make sure you write yep, that phone number. We, we, we have a commissioner live on staff just for this kind of thing. But, man, look, check it out. I've seen crazier things happen. You're going to have to gut and fight and tooth and, you know, claw your way back and win some waiver picks. Uh, but don't, uh, you know, now's not the time to, uh, now's the time to dig in, bro. But thank you for calling, man. It, it helps us understand what was going on. And, and, look, I would have much preferred, like, this story that you knew, Larry, if you were his neighbor or he, you know, Something like that, but I, I totally get it, man. You know, my best friend always shows up. Every other time he shows up, he's wearing a Fitzgerald jersey. That's the only explanation <laughs> I got for that. Yeah. Well, I tell yeah. you what, Ryan, let, let, let's, uh, real quick, let's break your team down. Because, I mean, I'm looking at it uh, in comparison to the others, and, uh, you know, you, you might have a fighting chance here. Uh, we're in he, round he, six, he does. and... Uh, he doesn't it, want to break his team down. He, just want, he, he doesn't want to break his team down, bro. He doesn't want to. I want to, he, I want he to go. I want to go cry on my pillow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go cry. Yeah. Bye. I, I feel you. Yeah. I feel one. you, Ryan. Thanks. Thanks for calling in, bro. <laughs> oh man, you know that is that is brutal. Uh, thank you, Ryan, for calling in. It takes a lot to, to call in and, and let us know that. Uh, but yeah, look, that is a good lesson for everybody listening at home. I'm glad we have uh, everybody listening. We have a facilitator live in every draft. We email out the number the night before. We also, yep. email, we also put the phone number in the chat room, and we ask you to write it down. And we do that for a good reason, man. We've been doing this for years and years and years, and yep. we know that Internet connections and computers in general, you know, something happens. I have a computer right here. It's been a problem for a night, but out of the blue, something could happen. 
And so Mike would have to take over the show, and he's ready to do that. But here's the thing. You have that number. You, you call as soon as you have an issue, and then that way they can pause the draft. The other way you can right. solve that problem is you line up a queue. You line up your queue so that in the case of an emergency, that, it, the computer will take from your queue the top of your queue. And so like Ryan said, hey, my queue ran out. He didn't have enough players in the queue when his Internet connection problems started happening. But if you load those players in the queue, it is a preventable problem. It's a preventable problem. Uh, let me bring on our, our guest, our second segment guest. We're going to do this in segments tonight, Mike. First guest was Dr. Okay. Roto. Fantastic segment. Now we're bringing in from BFD Fantasy, home of the high-stakes player, Joe Jefferson. What's going on, my man? Hey, hey, Scott. How you doing, buddy? Hey, glad to have you here, bro. You're on with Scott and Mike on Red vs. Blue. Uh, Joey Jefferson, have you, do you have a link to this draft board? Did you see what happened? Did you hear the caller that called in? I am, uh, yes, I'm following along. I listened, and, uh, boy, that was kind of depressing. I t- took a little wind out of my sails. I was going to, you know, discuss, uh, you know, hey, how crazy this, uh, you know, ADP means yeah. nothing, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I-, I wanted Ryan to come on here and say. I am the smartest man alive. You know, I just like you got. I got one over on you guys. You know, I took Larry Fitz. You don't know what's about to happen. I'm like, I, do I got to rethink Larry Fitz? Is this Larry Fitz of old? Somebody just, you know, but that wasn't the issue. Uh, internet, internet oh, issue for, for, for Ryan. But hey, the draft goes well, on. Hey, and there's man. lots of other things to talk about. Yeah, man. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Mike. How you doing tonight? Uh, real pleasure to be here. What an exciting time. Uh, Roto Bowl kicking off, man. I, I'm really excited to see uh, what what these players got in store for us for the rest of this draft because now we're starting to get into the nitty gritty. Yeah, that, you know, you got that right, Joe. I mean, we're going we're going into round uh, what six, and uh, this is where uh, what we all say it. I mean, Scott, myself, uh, a lot of experts, quote experts, say that uh, this is where the draft is made. Here comes round six, seven, and eight. Yep. Uh, Amen. That's where you can win some real money here. Joe Jefferson, BFD Fantasy, home of the high-stakes pros, I like to say. And, and Joe, uh, you guys are launching a new website. Uh, You showed me. It looks absolutely fantastic. I know the the, uh, high-stakes players are going to be really impressed. They're going to be excited to see the coaching tree. That's worth the price of the subscription alone. We always get the coaching tree every year. And then you, the, the bus player, the breakout, the comeback, all those picks, we look forward to them every year, bro. Tell us a little bit about what's going on at BFD, and then let's, let's break down this draft because we have a, a draft that's already going into the sixth round. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, BFD, fantasy football, uh, you know, sort of my you know, founder, Lou Tranquilli's baby uh, that I sort of took over uh, working with him uh, last year and this year. Uh, looking forward to getting our new home launched uh, this weekend, uh, probably late this weekend. So get on over next week and take a look at BFD. Uh, I apologize we couldn't be uh, up and launched to help some of our players in tonight's draft, but uh, uh, I'll be taking note of tonight's draft and being doing draft reviews of real money drafts uh, that come out uh, probably uh, not starting with this one, but probably the next one. So we'll be up and running. Uh, take a look at BFDFantasyFootball.com. All right, Joe, let's go ahead and break it in. Mike, we left off this draft in the three, uh, third round. 
Alfred Morris at 3-1. So Jake Locker, Shamson Hanish takes three running backs off the box. So, so let's start right there, Joe. Regardless of the players, he took a running back, running back, running back strategy, and we always like to talk about uh, team construction. And we'll start to do that as this draft goes on, and we actually start to see the, the results of team construction. But we haven't seen RB, RB, RB in a while due to – you know, what we talked about earlier, you know, the wide receivers, the point per receptions, and the 11-man lineup where you have to start at least three wide receivers every week. But what do you think about starting off the draft, Forte, Lynch, and Alfred Morris? I think it's an interesting strategy, not my cup of tea. I think that in this format that is just so demanding on your starting lineup, we talked about it earlier, or you guys talked about it earlier, the 11-man starting lineup, I think you've got to be really deep at receiver, and uh, he's got some catch-up to do. He's, he's uh, uh, made some headway in picking up a couple receivers here, so it'll be interesting to see how he rounds out the rest of this draft. If he can make it work, obviously that's going to be a great strength of his team. Um, but I think the opposite strategy is more viable and would probably prefer some variety in my first uh, three picks. Do you think, uh, Mike, Joe, that yeah, the – yeah, do you think the uh, depth at wide receiver is enough to where you can go like this? Because we're getting ready to find out uh, if he, if Samson can do it. Uh, if the depth at wide receiver is good enough to where you can go a Forte, a Lynch, a Morris, and then go D-Jax, Macklin, and then uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, how 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 deep is the wide receiver? Uh, you know, I think it's as deep as you can make it. And that's the wonderful thing about fantasy football, right? There's going to be options. If you can make the right picks, you can make pretty much any strategy work if you can nail your late-round picks. Um, but, again, I, I don't think so. Generally, I think the answer is not deep enough to go running back, running back, running back and make, uh, right. uh, make up your make-up ground, in my humble opinion. And then, plus, you're going to lose that on a tight end down the road and a quarterback down the road that you might – really want so yep but uh you know as i'm saying this uh i'm sorry i'm not sure where you guys are at on the on the live draft how far we've covered but i saw it 5-1 he took up jeremy macklin that gives me a lot of hope uh, i i love uh what i'm seeing or what i'm thinking of for 2014 for jeremy macklin so uh there's one of those starting three spots and uh i, I, I again i don't know where you guys are at where where are we at here we're, we're, we are, we're at the end of uh, round six, and uh, he just got Tory Smith. Well, oh, we're baby, actually, there we're, you we're go. So he, he, and then and then got Reggie Wayne. Oh, see, there you go. So um, you know he's filling those gaps. He's going to take a little bit, a uh, little bit of a, a backseat at, at tight end, uh, which hurts a little bit, and in quarterback, which I don't mind so much. But uh, that those he's rounding it out quite nicely. Yeah, so Shamson takes a three-running back strategy right off the bat and, and, and follows it up with four wide receivers, which, he, which is a necessity at that point. You have to go wide receiver heavy. Let's go to Twin Spires and Rob Benetti, our good buddy, Jamal Charles, Arian Foster. I love Randall Cobb uh, at the 3-2 pick there, uh, getting his first wide receiver off the board. Jordy is usually going before Cobb this year, but not in this draft. Uh, Joe, let's talk about that. Which wide receiver do you have higher on your board? Because Aaron Rodgers is back, and we saw Randall Cobb uh, has like 100-catch upside, but Jordy seems like the guy, too. They both, I love them both. If I'm on the turn, you know, when I start my draft with, you know, Jamal Charles, McCoy, or Forte, or Peterson, or something like that, 
I would not blink at a Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb. But first, I'll give you the question. Randall Cobb or Jordy, which one? And then what do you think about taking a strategy like Jordy and Randall? That's an interesting one that I haven't really thought about too much, but I, I like Jordy. I really like Jordy Nelson, so Jordy Nelson would probably be my choice over Randall Cobb, um, as I just think he's a bit more consistent from a reception standpoint, more consistent week to week, head to head type of a player. Randall Cobb, of course, can tear the roof off of any defense, and so um, you know he's got that elite upside that people love and. I agree. I wouldn't hesitate to take them both. Uh, I've seen some people at the you know one-two turn take a Jeffrey Marshall combo, and uh, I think this would be just as good, you know. And you get them around later. Mike, I'm going to ask you: Randall Cobb, <laughs> or, Randall Cobb or Jordy Nelson, Mike? Which one do you prefer? Uh, I prefer Jordy Nelson because of the touches. Uh, yeah. Randall Cobb okay. will be more explosive, but uh, the P- if you're in a PPR, definitely Jordy Nelson. I mean, he can go for uh, 10, 11 receptions in a given moment in any day. You know, I'm, I'm a little concerned about both of them as far as their injury history. I mean, if you look at, if you look at Randall Cobb, I mean, he played eight games last year, um, uh, or eight, eight games in 2012. He started eight played in 15, 2013, the injury hit. But if you look at Jordy, uh, you know, he's only started 16 games one time in his career. That was last year. Uh, other than that, you know, he's been kind of a part-time role player. Now, him and him and Rodgers have a tremendous chemistry. So I guess I'm not too concerned with Jordy. Uh, but no, I would love I would... to take yeah. – go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry, Scott. Go ahead, finish. Oh, no, I, I was just going to say, I, love, I would love to take the combo – the combo works for a couple of different reasons, and here's why. One, in an Aaron Rodgers offense, you can do this because one of those receivers is very likely to have a very good day. You don't know about the other one. But one receiver alone can have a 30-point day while the other one has six. You're still putting up 36 points. Sometimes both receivers have a good day, and you're putting up 45 points. But very rarely are you ever coming out of your draft with this combo with like a 10- or 15-point day out of your two wide receivers because the offense produces so much and Rodgers is going to throw the ball. Now, on the off chance that the Rodgers has a bad game where, you know, again, it's got, the yards have got to go somewhere. In this offense, it's a perfect situation because you have questions at the, wide, at the tight end and, you know, you, you have Eddie Lacy. So he's, he's a back that can catch the ball, but when you're going downfield, you're thinking Jordy and Cobb, maybe Boykin, Maybe the rookie, Devontae, but those are both maybes. Cobb and Jordy is a fantastic duo. It almost reminds me of, of Julio and Roddy. I mean, if I could do Julio in the second and then come back and get Roddy in the third, I would do that too. Mike, go ahead, respond. Yeah, the, the one thing you said about the injury issues, uh, I can understand that with uh, Randall Cobb. Uh, like you said, last year, Jordy Nelson didn't miss a game. year before, yeah. But last year, didn't miss a game, and uh, that guy's ready to go, and uh, he is pumped up, and he's want, he wants to win the Super Bowl. And it, it definitely shows. So uh, I don't, I'm not so concerned about injury issues with uh, Nelson. Maybe so with Cobb. But, uh, you know, I, I think uh, both those wide receivers are, uh, I mean, they're top-tier wide receivers, definitely. 
I agree. Nelson really uh, gutted it out last year, didn't he? And he he showed me a lot. And and I thought what he did in that offense, uh, minus Aaron Rodgers, is going to be night and day difference. And I look for a big year from Jordy. Uh, Mike, you know, you know who I, you know, the field. You know, I think he will as well. Joe, you know who I'd take? I'd take Jordy Nelson just for one reason and one reason only: over over Cobb. K State over Kentucky every day of the week. Every day. <laughs> oh of the my week, bro. gosh! K State you gotta over be kidding Kentucky. Me. Give me Jordy <laughs> over Cobb. Let's move on to no guns, no murder. Mike three, Mike E with the three with the three three pick. He takes Matt Stafford and gets his quarterback. We talked a little bit about that. Let's move on with Walk with Me. Andrew Palermo, undefeated season in FFPC, eleven and zero last year. Unbelievable. It's very hard to do. Way to go, Andrew. Good good year last year. But this is a new year. He takes Calvin at four, Geo at two nine, and Andre Ellington at three four. Can I tell you something? I think this guy gets it. Receptions, receptions, receptions. Geo, Ellington, and Calvin. I think he might have like 240 receptions right there, bro. Ellington and Geo, I think they can both get to that 70 number this year with a good season. Let's say they only get to 60. That's three. That's that's 120 plus 100 for Calvin. You're at 220 receptions. Yeah, uh, I, I, I mean 320. Three. Uh, I'm sorry, 220. <laughs> sorry, 220. Uh, 220 or two, up to 240 receptions for those three guys. What do you think about Ellington? He's one of our breakout candidates, Joe. Is he one of your breakout candidates? Oh, sure. He's definitely on my radar as a guy I'm, I'm targeting. Uh, interesting strategy here I see with this guy's team is that he is swinging for the fences, and I like it. Uh, he's got an all-upside team, uh, a little bit of downside with that, um, so he's going to have to be deep, but... Uh, an interesting swinging for the fences, I think, type of uh, type of strategy here. Mike, uh, Andre Ellington, yeah. we've talked about him. I, I've been all over him. I looked at the numbers. The FF Toolbox team crunched the numbers over and over and over again, and it kept spitting out that, that Andre Ellington is going to be a top ten back this year. And we just we kept looking at it and saying, why is this like this? Well, you look at his yards per carry, five and a half. Yards after contact, 3.1. He breaks tackles. 57 targets last year, 39 receptions, in for a bigger workload. And the biggest reason is Jonathan Dwyer. They didn't do anything about their backup running situation. Yeah. And so unless you think the, ba- the ball is going uh, to, to the backup, uh, Stephen Taylor, Stephen Taylor, uh, there's, no, there's nobody to contend for carries in this offense. And, and let's look at the offense, Mike. It's Bruce Arians and Harold Goodwin last year. The running well, back catches went from 45 to 75, and the running back carries went from 316 to 389. There's a lot of action for the running backs in this offense. Now, you can question the offensive line, and I want to see the coaching tree uh, a little bit more on Harold Goodwin. We've seen one year out of him. Uh, but, Mike, what do, you, what do you think? Andre Ellington in the third round this year, can you trust him? Uh, I think you can. It's kind of like Joey uh, said. Uh, he was talking about uh, Joe said swinging for the fences. I love I love that phrase uh, because you know you're going with Megatron in the first round, Geo, and then Ellington. Why not? Why not? Why not Ellington? I mean, because Arizona's going to be a really solid team, and uh, you know they've already proven they they want this guy to be their back. They've, they've already said it. They've done it. So, uh, and uh, Gio Bernard, 
the sky's the limit for this kid. The sky is the limit. I mean, it would not surprise me if Cincinnati Bengals, they're not in contention for uh, AFC uh, championship honors. I mean, th- they could be right there. I mean, that's how good they could be. But Let's keep going Bernard. with the draft. This is the 10th annual Rota Bowl draft sponsored by uh, Scout. Jordy Nelson, Pierre Garçon, Roddy White. Uh, Gridiron Irishman takes Roddy White in the third round, uh, the 3-7, three, 3-6, three, yeah, 3-7 pick uh, for Roddy White, the 13th receiver off the board. Joe, am, uh, am, I, am I sensing comeback player? Would, would Roddy White qualify for a BFD comeback player? Yeah, I think he would. I think he's on the field enough. You know, sometimes we like to aim a little bit higher if it's, you know, just an injury that kept that player away from uh, really producing. But I would say Roddy was probably on the field enough to keep him keep him in contention in that category. Um, and definitely, historically, has just been outstanding. And so, yes, I would think that he would be on the short list of potential comeback candidates. That being said, you know, there was a competitive space right there in that third round. I mean, the, the value on Nelson and, and, and Garcon, I think, even at uh, the next pick or the prior pick um, seemed more attractive to me than Roddy White, but um, still value nonetheless. Let's move on with the draft. Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, the two quarterbacks are gone, so the third and fourth quarterbacks are gone in the third round. There we go. And then C.J. Spiller by the fantasy surgeon Joey Brown. C.J. Spiller uh, was talked about last year as carrying the ball until he throws up, and uh, C.J. Spiller was named the BFD bust of last year. Congratulations for that call when we didn't agree with him. If you remember, I had high-stakes players on here, Mike and I. I think we both disagreed with that, and C.J. Spiller uh, just didn't ever really recover his yards per carry though 4.6 that was good yards after contact really dwindled 200 carries only two touchdowns it just was not a good year for cj spiller uh are you guys predicting the same or is there a reason for some optimism now joe you know i think there is a little bit of reason for optimism like you said cj spiller being a bust last year i think was one of our successes last year and a good call uh but i think this year he probably turns into a, a value type of play here at, you know, what do we see him at? The 310 tonight. I, I like him in that spot. Mike, I'm a, I'm a big C.J. Spiller guy. I was last year. Even when he had the down year, I have him everywhere in all of my dynasties, it seems like. I still feel like C.J. Spiller can be a top five, top ten back, one of the best backs in the league if he stays healthy. Uh, what do you think? There was an article out today about Bryce Brown potentially being a, a secret super sleeper uh, potential carry uh, opportunity there. Do you, what do you think? Is Fred Jackson still going to hang around? What, give, me, give me the Mike Trent, Brandon Burke, Kentucky prediction for that Buffalo backfield. Uh, I, I expect C.J. Spiller to be uh, decent, but uh, I, I wouldn't put a lot of stock into it. I think E.J. Manuel is going to uh, let him and his wide receivers flourish this year, uh, especially with that new coach uh, that's wanted – Wanted to make it happen. Uh, he's not all about the running game. He's all about the passing game. So I, I really don't. Uh, I don't expect a whole bunch out of CJ Spiller. I think he's a. Uh, I don't know. He's he's a mid uh, five six. Yeah, I love. And I do think I there's some CJ production. 
sorry. I, I do think there's some production to be had besides C.J. Spiller. Don't get me wrong. I, I, uh, I do think that you know Fred Jackson, Bryce Brown types are guys to keep your eye on. That's for sure. And one of them was going to be productive. That's for sure. I think. Yeah, there were there, there's some major red flags with Fred Jackson. Obviously, he's the he's the ageless wonder right now. I mean, especially if you look at last year, what he did was just amazing. Amazing is the only word. And he's had a hell of a career. Absolutely hell of a career if you're Fred Jackson. But 33 years sure. old, I mean, 33 years old, it's got to catch up. It's got to catch up. And I don't see it in the numbers. It's not, it's not going to be there in the metrics. If you're a numbers guy and you look at the numbers, you're not really going to see it there. It's not there. Fred Jackson had a heck of a year, and he, even, and he finished strong. But one more yeah, year. You didn't see it on the field either. You're not going to see it in the numbers because you didn't see it on the field. He looked good. Yeah, he looked good. And, but but there's got to be some numbers somewhere that show me like, give me a list of 33 year old running backs and their best years <laughs> ever, or something like that. Mm. You know, show me something that he has to defy all odds this year at 33 years of age. So I, it, well, it seems like that's the reason for C.J. Spiller optimism. Real quick, Scott, within the next two years, uh, there's a pretty good chance that uh, E.J. Manuel might be the best rusher for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, that, that, that's what it's gotten down to uh, in the NFL. And you, don't forget about Marquise Goodwin. And I mean, Buffalo has a lot of good young wide receivers. That I mean, this team is ready. To, they're ready to explode. I mean, I, I really believe that. Uh, so I, I'm not so uh, I'm not so sold on their uh, running game. Do you think Sammy Watkins Roto comes in and uh, saves the day? EJ Manuel's still throwing the ball, guys. I mean, EJ Manuel uh, didn't have a very impressive quarterback. Seventy-seven on the on the on the on year one for the games that he started. It looked like he had some chemistry with Robert Woods going. You're, you're bringing him in some help with Sammy Watkins Roto there, but uh, you still have Scott Chandler that you re-signed. Robert Woods now falls into the more natural number two. Stevie Johnson's gone. You bring in Mike Williams. I don't know if that's a good thing for these young guys to be bringing in Mike Williams. So I I question the leadership a little bit there of Doug Marone. I think we'll see another – this will be the last year for Doug Marone. You get two chances to turn a team around. Doug Marone and Nathaniel Hackett, this will be their second year. And if they don't do it in two years and they don't, you know, sniff the playoffs or something, you're not going to get a third year. That's not how the NFL, not how the NFL works anymore. Uh, let's move on. We've got Joe Jefferson from BFD Fantasy joining us. Almost, uh, time's almost up, Joe. Monty Ball, Julius Thomas, Keenan Allen. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, C.J. Spiller, Vincent Jackson, Keenan Allen, Doug Martin at the 4-1 pick. 4-2 was Wes Welker. Now, let's talk about Wes Welker. You're a Bronco native here, bro. You, you love your Broncos, so I want you to take your bias out of it. But there's other players on the board there, Victor Cruz, Zach Stacy, Andre Johnson. Do you still feel like Wes Welker? I mean, it's, it's a Bronco. It's part of the Bronco passing attack. Uh, but do you have any concern that Wes Welker, last two years, hasn't been able to finish the season? Yeah, sure. I, I think, you, you know, there's a guy I think you can start to see a little bit of deterioration, and, and he's not quite as quick in, in tight spaces as he used to be. Still very effective, don't get me wrong. I still think he's got plenty of legs to be a, a solid fantasy starter. Uh, but, you know, I'd probably lean towards a different receiver at that spot. Um, you know, and it's not, again, necessarily a knock on Welker. It's just that I think he's their third option at best and probably more likely their fourth option. 
and don't get me wrong, that spot can be more valuable than a number one spot in another team, but, uh, but just realize what it is, I think. Yeah, lots of quarterbacks going in this, in this uh, part of the draft here because we are into the eighth round. Uh, we will get to that analysis here a little bit. Uh, Joe Jefferson, BFD Fantasy, my man. Uh, last question I'm going to ask you as the draft continues after Wes Welker, Victor Cruz. Here's a guy that's being drafted now as the 17th wide receiver off the board. This is a guy that looked like a, you know, a mainstay wide receiver that you would be drafting in the second, no later than the early part of the third round. And then last year, all the wheels fell off for the New York Giants. What is your take on Victor Cruz? Can he get back and do that 10-touchdown type of salsa dance, 1,500-yard type season? Yeah, I'm expecting to see a, a few salsa dances uh, come fall and, and winter here. Um, so I, I definitely have Victor Cruz as, as, again, sort of a comeback candidate. Um, do like this value here at 4-3. Um, so that's definitely a pick I'd, I'd be looking at. Do you like Odell Beckham at all either? I mean, they're, they're talking about using this kid. Like, for a while there, everybody was talking about Matthews. Everybody was talking uh, about the other younger guys all around the league. And now Odell Beckham's kind of uh, – I'm, I'm, hearing, I'm hearing the talk about him going up a little bit. Like, the Giants have big plans for him. Um, you've got Victor Cruz on one side. You've got Ruben Randall. Actually, they line up Cruz in the slot a lot too. So what do you, what do you think about Odell Beckham? Is, is there a chance that he – fits into this offense right out of the gate. Sure. You know, I, I do think that, you know, they, they feature a lot of uh, three wide receiver sets, as you just sort of alluded to. And so there's certainly room for uh, Cruz and Randall and somebody else to also be uh, fantasy productive. And so, um, you know, Odell Beckman is definitely a guy to keep your keep your eye on. Um, they also have uh, – who is it? Uh, uh, who – I apologize. They have another uh, young uh, – receiver they also like and so uh, you know I, I think I like Beckham but he's nowhere near uh, Victor Cruz if that's what you're sort of asking me I yeah, mean you no, know, I, I, just, I no I just, way expect him to supplant the number one there uh, you know if anything I think he's sort of you know fighting to be the number three and could you know has the upside to be their number two I suppose yeah no you've got you've got all these rookies uh, Brandon Cooks Jordan Matthews Kelvin Benjamin of course, Sammy Watkins and Mike Evans, but there's a lot of talk right now. I'm just hearing the Odell Beckham talk start to pick up, and it's only July. Mm-hmm. But by the time September mm-hmm. comes, I think there might be a little bit more talk on Mr. Odell Beckham because the speed kills, bro, and this dude is super fast. Uh, Joe Jefferson, B. Totally agree, man. So... If he flashes at all in the preseason, you're definitely going to see something, uh, his draft yeah. stock uh, skyrocket. So. Uh, I agree. You know, these are guys that you need to keep on your radar because come September, these are guys that could be going, uh, you know, in the tenth round earlier. It's going to change. So it's going to definitely change. We are so looking forward to the coaching tree coming out, the BFD site launch. Joe Jefferson, BFDFantasy.com podcast on Wednesday nights now, right? Yep, Wednesday nights, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, generally live. We're pretty much live every week. Uh, I think this week we might have to pre-record. I've got a meeting, so uh, life sometimes gets in the way, but 99% of the time we're live Wednesday at 10 p.m. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for having me. It's a real pleasure. I love looking at these ADPs being developed with, with you know real money drafts where people start to start to think a little bit differently than they do in mock drafts. And we're going to be covering it over at BFDFantasyFootball.com with our draft reviews. Again, thank you so much for having me. Uh, Get your advice from winners and get on over to BFD.
That's it, my man. That's what we believe in. We believe in what Joe's doing. We believe in Lou Tranquilli, Joe Jefferson, Dave Tripoli. Uh, you get your advice from winners, bfdfantasyfootball.com. That's what we're about, man. We're about promoting the high-stakes players, and Joe and Lou and Dave, those are some of the they, – they, they got together. Lou, Lou started the site, and then they have all got together, and they're really collabing. Three high-stakes winners putting together information on draft reviews. It's fantastic stuff, so get on over there. And, and check them out as they transition to the new regime, the new team uh, at BFDFantasyFootball.com. Okay, Mike, this is when the fun starts, the fourth round. I love the fourth round. There's so many landmines here to talk about, and there's so many of my, I, my, my guys. You know, Dr. Roto has his guys. Here's some of my guys coming up. Uh, we're going to start with Zach Stacy. He's not one of my guys. He's one of my bust guys. Uh, we've talked about him the last couple of weeks, so yeah. I'm not going to harp on him. I don't want to de- – you know, uh, Frank Shinnick, he knows all about Zach Stacy. He's going into him full intentions, fourth round, probably nothing wrong with a Zach Stacy in the fourth round. Uh, but let's move on. I Andre like, Johnson. Go ahead, Mike. I, I, like, I like Zach Stacy at that, uh, at that spot. I really do. But okay. Andre Johnson, go ahead. Yeah, I prefer the Shane Marines and Reggie Bushes, the guys that are going to catch balls in this format. But – you know, I don't count on touchdowns every year. You can never count on touchdowns. Even when you're LaDainian Tomlinson and you were at 15 touchdowns, you just don't know what that touchdown number is going to be sure. the following year. You remember D'Angelo Williams, like the 18 touchdown year? The next year he came back and he had like, what, three or five? You just can't count on touchdowns. But what I can count on is touches. Give me receptions, give me carries. That's why I love Gio Le'Veon. I love Shane Vereen. I love the Reggie Bushes and Joyce Bells, these guys that are going to catch 50 and 60 balls. There used to be a general rule of thumb, Mike. If you catch 50 balls and you're a running back, you're top 10. If you catch you're 50 balls, That's right. That's you're top right. 10. That used to be the norm. Now, it's not as much because of the running back by committee, but it still means you're going to have a very solid season. It's just that's what it means. So I'll take those – in PPR leagues, I'll take the, the backs that are catching the balls all day, every day, over the backs that don't. Andre Johnson, wide receiver 18. This is still the Andre Johnson that, uh, that's still the name of, of the guy that used to be drafted in the first and second round. Not a guy that I'm high on this year, but you did see no, a little bit of life spark into him on that Monday night game when he finally had a quarterback not named Matt Schaub throwing him the ball. It was like there was a yeah. little bit of life left. Yeah, there, yeah, there was, Scott. And, you know, I could see that, uh, but – Let's face it. The guy is unhappy where he's at. So uh, I, I, I have I have no I don't want to have anything to do with Andre Johnson right now. No, I hear you. I, I totally agree. I don't like grumpy players. I don't. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't want to see a guy that's just grumpy and doesn't really want to buy into what's going on. And I think, you know, to be honest with you, Houston doesn't. He, he's got a. He's got a. He's got a legitimate gripe. I don't want to harp on that. That's another story for another day. Let's move on with the draft. Shane Vereen, here's a guy that I traded for in one of my dynasties because I had to have him. I think this is a great buy-low opportunity on Shane Vereen. What we saw from him in a short period of time last year, he had great high hopes, came out of the gate, had a dominant week one with an injury, not even a knee injury or anything like that. It was a wrist injury. He only started one game, but he put up some massive stats. And in limited time, in seven games, bros, he had 47 receptions right. for Tom Brady. Now, what do you think Tom Brady's going to do with a healthy Shane Vereen? He's going to throw him the ball. This is a 100-type-of-catch guy. 100-catch guy, bro. Right. This is a well, guy well, that, me... can, that can literally just win you the whole thing. 
when you can get a running All back, right. the value Shane Vereen, if he gets just a few more carries, I mean, if he gets to that 150-carry type spot, which is what I expect him to get, you know, I think this guy's this guy destined for the moon, bro. Okay, well, let, let me ask you a question uh, real quick. Say you have Eddie Lacy. Say you got him in round two. Uh, would okay. you take Shane Vereen in round four? Yes. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think there's any correlation. Matter of fact, Eddie Lacy is never going to happen again in round two. Uh, you know, very rarely. I, I can't. I couldn't believe he lasted the round two in this draft. Yeah, Unbelievable. Okay. Okay. Well. Well. Let me ask you this. So you like Shane Vereen before Reggie Bush? Yes. Yes. Before Reggie Bush. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, look, there's 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 not a, there's not a, somebody competing for my receptions, man. That's what it is. That's what I'm trying to get across. In in Detroit, like we talked about with Le'Veon Bell, there's nobody competing with Le'Veon Bell to catch the ball, right? Unless Dree Archer is used like a Dexter McCluster, but uh, on you know, I mean, it's just such a abnormal type of uh, situation there. I'm not even thinking about it. Shane Vereen, if you look at his competition, I mean, unless James White, the rookie, which Belichick's been known to do, but I'm, I'm not letting James White interfere with my fourth-round decision. Nah, he Shane won't. Vereen is going to catch a ton of balls in that offense. Reggie Bush could catch a ton of balls if there was an injury to Joy Bell. But that's not that's, – you can't gotcha. end the season thinking yep. that there's going to be an injury to Joy Bell. So that's, that's kind of how I think, yeah. Yep, I, I, I agree with that, Scott. I mean, Joy Bell is kind of the uh, X factor there uh, when it comes to Reggie Bush. All right, let's move on to one of my favorite players in the entire draft, Frank Masco, my man. Frank, Frankie, Frankie, Frankie. Frank Masco, aces full, NFFC Chicago champ, 2012, taking my man Michael Floyd from the University of Notre Dame this is the year that he overtakes Larry Fitzgerald. Fantasy-wise, this is the year Michael Floyd overtakes Larry Fitzgerald. He already had a 1,000-yard season. He got his first taste. But I'm telling you, on talent alone, on talent alone, there's, there's only a few wide receivers that are more talented than Michael Floyd. Now, opportunity, does he have it? Well, he's going to be – he's sharing time with Larry Fitzgerald. That's the only problem. Larry Fitzgerald's not going anywhere yet. He's not going anywhere, so they are going to cannibalize themselves. So I'm not saying that his value should be any higher. This is about the time that I'm definitely excited and I'm ecstatic about taking Michael Floyd if he's here in the fourth round. He's a 75-85 catch guy with 1,200 yards, 1,300-yard upside, and this guy, I'm telling you, uh, as, as far as the red zone beast, he, could ha- he and Larry Fitzgerald both could have double-digit touchdowns, and it wouldn't surprise me a bit. Well, it wouldn't surprise me a bit either. I mean, that deep or that offense is going to be uh, spectacular. Uh, it kind of surprised me. Uh, would you take uh, Michael Floyd before uh, Pierre Garçon? No, no, no. Look, Pierre Garçon's in the third round. I said, I said Michael Floyd should be taken in the fourth round. I like Michael Crabtree too. I don't know if I could take Michael Floyd over Michael Crabtree, but I love the pick. That's how you win this stuff, right? I mean, look, there's a reason why uh, Frank took Floyd over Crabtree. I don't know what it is. Uh, it's no, there's a, reason, there's a reason why he may win this league by taking Chris Johnson in round six. Okay, well, we, we, we haven't even got there yet. But, look, Crabtree has 
uh, a great – I mean, look, he was budding. He was a superstar getting ready to form in 2012. 85 catches, 1,100 yards, nine touchdowns. He really started to get some chemistry going with Kaepernick, got the injury, a horrific injury, and still, like a man, came back and didn't really show many symptoms of wear and tear. After a significant right. Achilles injury like that, bro, he still averaged 15 yards a catch, and he's still catching balls. He was still doing what he needed to do. He, he wasn't dropping balls, a 5% drop rate, the lowest in his career, and his yards after catch were the highest in his career. Yeah. Crabtree yep. came back from a horrific injury and gutted it out for that team because you know why? He loves Jim Harbaugh. He loves Greg Roman. He's a, he's a team guy. When, when, all, when everybody said that Crabtree was a me-first guy, I didn't really hear the stuff. All I heard was Sherman running his mouth. I didn't hear Crabtree running his mouth. I heard Sherman running his mouth. I'm a Crabtree guy, bro. This is why I said the fourth round, if there's a legacy round, it's round four. I love some of these picks. Here's another pick I love, Corderell Patterson. Dude, me too. I don't know what, I don't know what he's going to do this year, but I know when he, get, when he touches the ball – it's fantastic. I, I could harp on him all day. Um, Emmanuel Sanders is the next pick by Mike E. at 410. Another guy that I could see being the FF Toolbox breakout player of the year. FF Toolbox could name Emmanuel Sanders as the breakout player of the year. He's on a very short list. It's going to be very hard to knock Emmanuel Sanders off of the breakout player. Now, is it a, is it a, is it a cop-out to take Sanders as the breakout player? Not usually, because his no. ADP is much lower than what he's going here. He went in the fourth round in this draft, but his ADP, if you go to FF Toolbox, that's not where he's normally going. Mike E. went out and said, you know what, I'm going to take him because I want him, and I love that, right? But Emmanuel Sanders normally goes, Mike, at pick 83. 83. That's the end of the seventh round. So Mike E. wanted Emmanuel Sanders. He went out and got him, and I like that pick, bro. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, that's a true testament to uh, Peyton Manning and what Denver's doing. I mean, it's a system issue. I mean, I talked about it uh, years ago. Emmanuel Sanders is going to work perfect. And uh, Peyton Manning, he can't wait to get this guy into the system. And uh, so is it early for Emmanuel Sanders to be uh, drafted in the fourth round? No, absolutely not. All right, let's start looking at some team construction here, and uh, we're going to bring on our final guest of the evening. You know him from Sirius XM Fantasy, the fantasy executive, Corey Parson, kind of becoming a regular now on Red versus Blue, bro. What's going on? What's My dog, what's going on, Mike? What's going on, fellas? I see we got a wild one going on tonight. I'm looking at the draft <laughs> board. I was like, oh, boy. I should have I should have put mine up and gotten this one. I think I have had a lot of fun tonight. <laughs> What's up, Corey? What's the deal, Michael? What's going on with you? It's going good, Bob. It's going good. Going good. Hey, I think what people are trying to figure out is what kind of an impact is Scout.com going to have on the FFWC and the Rotable Drafts and new eyeballs, fresh looks, fresh takes, not the consensus herd mentality group think stuff that the high-stakes drafters always, you know, kind of get wrapped up in. Let me tell you something. One of the best players in the world, and I, and I will not name him and not out him, he said, he said this to me. He's an older gentleman. He kicked my butt in year one of the first ever world championship, and he's went on to win lots and lots of money in, in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. He told me this. He said, Scott, 
I love drafting against the high-stakes players. You know why? Because every one of them is afraid they're going to get laughed at when they make their pick, so they make a conventional pick instead. Corey Parson, fantasy executive, what do you think of that statement? Hey, listen, and you know what? You look at the draft tonight, clearly you can tell there's some new faces and some new places and some fresh eyeballs getting the first look at the draft board, and I think that's how it's going to be all season. And you know what? Gentlemen may have been absolutely correct. The high-stake player, these drafts do tend to shake out the same way all the time. And it was kind of refreshing to see some changes on the board, but also kind of curious. I don't want to just comment on certain things because I really don't know what's happening or, you know, people internet problems and stuff like that. I see the Fitzgerald at the end of the first. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, okay, that's different. You know, it's not 2005, but you know. Yeah. So, well, that um, that was a that was a missed pick. The guy has internet issues, and he did okay. admit uh, perhaps that some issues happened there, and he was devastated. Uh, but uh, look, sorry to hear and that. This was a li- and this this was a lesson. And and again, I'll repeat it for everybody listening at home. If you missed the earlier part of the show. We always give you the phone number of our commissioner. We pay for yeah. a live facilitator commissioner. We give you his phone number. We email it the night before, and we also put it in the chat room so that everybody has it, and we give one instruction. Write this down. Don't yep, chance no. it. You've got to write it down, bro. And if you don't take out a pen and write that number down, you know, so learn from that mistake. It, it can happen to anybody. He's not the first one it's happened to. It's happened to others before. Nobody likes taking pen and paper and writing phone numbers down. It sounds kind of like, eh, Sounds like something Grandma would have me do, you know? Uh, yeah, I don't worry yeah, about it. it. I got it. So, and, 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 and it happened, so it's yeah. unfortunate. But what I will tell you one thing that sticks out right off the top in this draft, why did Jordy Nelson drop to the middle of the third round? That is unbelievable right there. This is a guy you know, who finished top 12 last season, and Aaron Rodgers missed seven games. Jordy Nelson is one of the top wide receivers in fantasy football, and he should be drafted as such. I see him in the middle of the third round. I think somebody made a mistake. Hmm. Yeah, you know the the, the, the I, I guess the reason would be the the reason would be the players that were drafted before him that usually aren't Gronk, Stafford, Alfred Morris, and Larry Fitzgerald. We talked about that one, uh, you know, and Julius Thomas uh, potentially. So that yeah, that that's the reason. Otherwise, he would kind of creep back in there to the end of the second round. Uh, fantasy executive Corey Parsons from SiriusXM. We're moving on through the fourth round here. Uh, we're we're going to look at team construction a little bit because uh, fifth round, fifth round, the names are all Macklin, Harvin, Edelman, Kendall Wright, lots of receivers, T.Y. Hilton catching lots of balls. Uh, I don't know if you have the fifth round in front of you or not, bro, but there's a, there's a, there's a pick in there that, that some people just can't get their head around, and it's Trent Richardson from Indianapolis at the 5'11 pick. Uh, what do you think about Trent Richardson? Do you think this is a, a, a guy, and again, the 11 pick here, he was waiting on his RB1 until the, till the fifth round, and he had to decide between Richardson, Matthews, uh, and that's it. Richardson or Matthews, what would you have done in this situation where you, uh, you needed an RB2 and you had Richardson and Matthews on the board as the only option? I probably would have tried to drop down the ball a little bit further. Um, the trust factor, listen, Ryan Matthews won the fantasy football championships last season. The trust factor is still not there with him going into a walk year, going into a contract season. The loaded backfield in San, in San Diego to bring Donald Brown in there. And not to mention they also have, you know, Danny Woodhead. So even though he ran well towards the end of the last season, he is the number one guy. Really, I'm trying to avoid him on my fantasy team, but I would take him over Trent Richardson. 
Trent Richardson scared so many people off last season. Now, I understand they're saying yeah. all the right things right now. You know, Pagano, it's, oh, he's our guy. He's going to be our back. He's number one in the depth chart. And last season was a fluke. And listen, coming off a very good, you know, the Austin Carey were low during the rookie season, but he's proved to be a three-down back when he catch passes and don't turn the system. Last season, though, no dice. Didn't really work out. So, if you want it, he's going to be one of the X factors in fantasy football this year. If you want to take a gamble on him, he could win you a championship. He really could. That's how dynamic the talent is, especially in Indy, where they seem to be a little bit too conservative, where they run the football too much. They need to put the football in the hand of their best player, Andrew Luck, let him wing it all over the place, a talent like T.Y. Hilton. But Richardson's going to get opportunities. But the thing about it is, this guy really might be, you know, he really might suck. Yeah. All right, Mike, it's time, it's time to start looking at some teams. Uh, let's take a look at some of these teams, Mike. Uh, round the, the, the first pick, the three running backs, the four wide receivers. He gets Tom Brady as his quarterback. He still hasn't taken his tight end yet. Uh, what do you think of that strategy? Uh, well, you know what? He, he's basically saying that the tight end doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's, that's very scary. Because uh, tight end does matter in the world of uh, fantasy football, especially with the uh, the way the points are uh, calculated. But on the other side of it, I mean, he does have solid three solid uh, running backs: Forte, Lynch, uh, Morris, uh, yeah. Djax, Macklin, uh, Troy Smith, Reggie Wayne, yeah. Yeah. and then he's going with Brady. Brady in round eight? Are you kidding me? And then uh, following up with McFadden Jennings. So, you know, I'm, I'm not saying his, his team's bad. I mean, it, it looks pretty decent. Exact. I'm not an Antonio Gates guy or anything, but with a draft like that, you know what? I, you might just want to roll the dice with a veteran like that and, and pray, that a, pray that a rebound yeah. season happens, you know? And just, just something like that that would fix that draft and then take a young guy also to back it up. Yeah. Maybe you look at Antonio Gates, like you say, still, still. I know everybody's the hype, the, the rage is all at Darius Green, but Gates is still there. And then maybe if you look at, I don't have, not, I don't have the board in front of me, maybe if you look at the Titan situation in Houston with Ryan Griffin and Gary Graham, yeah. maybe one of those two guys and that system yeah. that they got running down there now in Houston, the two Titan system that they're going to be implementing. Maybe those are some guys that get some type of value from. But, see, the way that team is built, that's not how you win the Roto Bowl, in my opinion. Don't get me wrong. It's many different ways to skin the fantasy cat. But uh-huh. those yeah. big three running backs, that looks good on paper. Yeah. It's a team in the middle of the draft somewhere. Maybe call H's full or something like that. You want to start five wide receivers in this contest every single week. You want to be able to start five I wide agree. receivers. If you can or start t- five or tight ends. solid. Yeah, or tight ends. I draft, I draft two or three tight ends. You want to start five pass catchers. Well, and that's how you I, get the most bang for your buck. I agree. In Okay, well, I, both I, you, both Corey, I, Corey, I totally agree. Yeah, uh, you, you, you have to have those guys that are going to catch the ball because let's face it, the game has evolved. It, it is the way it is, and the bottom line is, it's a throwing game. So you better get guys that can catch the ball and and run and rack R A C run after catch. And, and while I agree with both of you on that point, I'll just say this. The reason why you normally have to start five wide receivers is because you can't start three running backs, really good ones. This guy can. He can start three good running backs 
and I do like his wide receivers, actually. I think he got a good value in Brady uh, that late. He probably could have even waited a little longer, got even better value uh, maybe down the road, and, and still started firing away at some more wide receivers. But I like the way the team is shaping up, and if he, if he could get a tight end uh, that, that can produce, you know, the team is going to be bailed out. Now let's look at Twin Spires, guys. Twin Spires, Rob Benetti starts off with Charles Foster, Randall Cobb, Reggie Bush, Harvin, Watkins, Olson, Hopkins, Ryan, Marvin Jones, and Hunter. I think, I think Rob's going to have a tougher time getting that, that Roto Bowl lineup started every week than the first team is. I love his three running backs, but then show me the four starting wide receivers. Is Hopkins and Watkins, are you going to count on those two guys every single week? Are you, exec, do you think they're ready to, to be every week starters? No, nah, uh-uh. Neither, neither. Um, I'm, first of all, DeAndre Hopkins is, I mean, he's going to have an opportunity because DeAndre Johnson is going to come in, you know, behind everybody else. He'll have an opportunity to get some, some, some looks and some, and some work in with, with Fitzpatrick. So, but I just don't know if he's serious enough about playing professional football yet. And that was all the words seemed to be in Houston. Maybe a new coaching staff will come in there and get things turned around. I don't like the running back, running back start. I, to be honest with you, it's hard for me to see teams put together that way and really, and really like them. Like you said, that team is going to struggle too because now you've got to start Hopkins. You don't want to start Hopkins until a bye week after you see what he is, after you see him get going. Maybe you see a chemistry develop with Fitzpatrick, maybe week five, week six. You want to come out there and you have him in your lineup week one, you're in trouble. I do like his Jones pick in the 10th. Running backs they have, though. I do like his Jones pick in the 10th, and I like the Hunter upside pick. I think, though, he's going to have to – look, I mean, you could put Watkins in your lineup just because I think they are going to feed Sammy Watkins Roto the ball, right? I think think they're going to feed him the ball. But he's going to have to cross his fingers that Hopkins, Jones, or Hunter, I mean, do you really know which one of those guys you're going to have to start every week? You're going to have to look at matchups and and cross your fingers to the fantasy gods. Mike, go ahead. Oh, my goodness, that's going to be tough. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Those guys guys are great for dynasty, but for a redraft, I'm not so sure. Uh, I I, I mean, I really like what Rob's trying to do here, but – you know, I, I'm kind of going along what uh, uh, what Corey's saying and uh, Scott. What we've been talking about, uh, you know, that running running back, running back. Man, that's tough. You just almost can't do that anymore. It used to be yeah. the way three, four years yeah. ago, but you just yep. can't do that yep. anymore. I, I I totally agree with both of you. I'm looking at the draft and I'm saying, what did he do wrong? And I'm looking at the picks three through, and you can't really fault him for anything. It was the start. So learning from this, again, we said this last year, the exact opposite, and here we are back to the Henry Muto way. You know, uh, way to go, Henry. Let's move on to No Guns, No Murder. We got uh, 18 minutes left in the program. We got to fly through these guys. So quickly, uh, Corey, Mike E starts off with McCoy, Gronk, Stafford. Taking a tight end and quarterback early is going to be very tough. Sanders, Edelman, and Cooks as his starting three wide receivers. Ray Rice as his number two. This team is an absolute mess, unfortunately. The, t- the early picks for Gronk and Stafford, unless this guy hits on his sleepers and he's 100% right on Cooks and Wilson or something, he's going to be hurting. No, well, you, you nailed it right when you were setting it up. You cannot – and your two, I mean, your two of your first five picks cannot be a quarterback and a tight end. You're just not going to be able to put it together. He needs a, a monster year from McCoy – a monster yep. year from Gronk, and he needs a monster yep. year 
from Stafford to even be in it by week seven. Right. But and, and Mike, uh, Mike, you you can look at this draft, and 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 you're you're usually the nicest of the bunch, probably for, for between me and Corey here. And I like Mike, uh, Mike E. No guns, no murder. Great drafter, but he tried something new because it's rotable. It's not the main event. He's trying something. He's going tight end quarterback and saying, let's see what happens. And it's very tough in an FFWC lineup to field that roster unless you're 100 percent right on all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can't. You, you got to be. You got to be really. You got to do your homework and be really ready because uh, I mean, you know, I hope. It, let's face it. I hope the kid. I, mean, I hope he hits home run, but it doesn't yep. look so good. All right, here we go. Andrew Palermo went 11 and 0 in the FFPC last year, and he said, "You know what? I'm going to try to knock down this Roto Bowl. 50 grand grand prize, 500 grand mega prize. I'll I'll mock trap a ton." Here he goes, Calvin Johnson, Gio Bernard, Andre Ellington, Corderell Patterson, Kendall Wright, 100 balls, Terrence Williams, one of the breakout players, Lamar Miller as his RB3, Zach Ertz, Kenny Stills, Carlos Hyde, Tony Romo, uh, exec. This is a very, very impressive team for me, bro. Good job. I can get behind this one. I would rather have a little bit more, a, a little bit more, a little, a wide receiver, too, that was a little bit safer. In his current wide receiver, too. I do like the way the draft started, though, with Gio in the middle to go along with Calvin Johnson. Pass, catching, running backs, big-time target wide receivers. This is a team that's cooking. This is going to be one of the guys. When we go back to checking on this league, we're going to be looking to see where he's at. He's going to be battling the winning joint. Uh, you know, yeah. I love I love Corderell in the fourth round. I mean, I really do. I think he's a great pick. Uh, Gio, you talk about receptions. That's what we want. He's going to get them for you. Uh, you know, Ellington, he's the unknown. I mean, I, I think he'll be fine. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's still a iffy team. Look, 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 he could have went wide receiver instead of Ellington, but then you're missing out on what maybe his breakout player is, right? Then he takes Corderell Patterson, and he's saying the same thing. He's like, here's another one of my breakout players, right? So he's taking two breakout players in a row, but guess what? That's how you win the whole thing. Yep. That's how you win the whole thing. You hit on two breakout players. Cordero Patterson can be an, a wide receiver, too. I don't think he's an attractive wide receiver, too. Uh, but when you have Calvin Johnson, maybe it gives you a little bit more wiggle room. I really like this team. And, Kendall Wright should catch 100 balls. Zach Ertz is one of my favorite breakout tight ends. He's got a lot of breakout candidates here. He likes breakouts. Kenny Stills, Carlos Hyde, Niall Davis. I mean, loaded. Another thing he tried to do there, Scott, was, uh, you know, he, he waited on quarterback and, you know, Tony Romo, bad back or not, he got him in round 11. Could that be a habitual connection with Terrence Williams? We'll see. All right, let's right keep there. it. Look, and that's, yeah, one of, and that's big Williams down the stretch. That's yeah, big that's, down that's, the stretch. When you start getting them double rainbows in weeks 14 and 15, you can start to see that 50,000. Oh, what if, what, if, what if something happened to Dez in, in, in that Philly, the Chicago Philly and Indy sure. stretch run for, for the Dallas Cowboys? Sure. That could look pretty pretty also. I mean, Dez is, is known Absolutely. to have some bad problems. Let's keep it rolling. We're running out of time. Tree Huggers, Todd Hunter, uh, Fantasy Exec, Demarius, Jordy, Crabtree, love it. Running backs, Le'Veon Bell, Gerhardt, Brent, uh, Ben Tate, tight end Vernon Davis, quarterback Nick Foles, and his, his second flex is either Riley Cooper, Christian Michael, Martellus Bennett, Odell Beckham. What do you think? I can get with it. I can get with it. He started to lack off towards the end of it, but the start was phenomenal. Came out like a house of fire, stole Jordy, 
You know what I mean? I don't like Vernon Davis as a tight end. I'm guy I'm not staying away from, but I like to start a lot. You got a DT, Jordy, and who was the wide receiver three? Wide receiver three was Crabtree, oh, bro. That's going to be one of the teams that's going to be in the mix. They're going to yep. be in the mix to win that league. That, that, you can, yep. I can guarantee you that right there. Excellent start. Right. Last dog towards the end, he's going to have trouble doing the vibe. Going to have to hit. Going to have to grab somebody up the waiver wire. I, you know what, uh, Corey, I think this might be the first time we disagree. I, oh, I, boy. I couldn't disagree with you more. Uh, I, I love Demarius, uh, Le'Veon, and Jordy. After that, can't stand the team. Really? Okay. Can't stand it. No. Nope. You don't like Michael Crabtree. All right. Yeah, we'll get to that later. The buzzer meter must be moving up <laughs> on the go, homie. Uh, Aces full, Frank Mascow. Here we go, fantasy exec. Adrian Peterson and Chris Johnson as the running backs. Wide receivers, mm-hmm. Jeffrey, Garcon, Floyd, Hilton. Uh, there's four of them. You need one more. He doesn't have one yet. So his tight end is Pitta. His, flex, his second flex would have to be Charles Clay. His quarterbacks are Cutler and Kaepernick. And uh, look, oh. yeah, that's the team right there. What do you think? Wow. The only team I can get behind him. What I'm interested to know is when he picked Adrian Peterson, did he pick him because he had fell that far, or did he pick him because he really wanted him? So I'm just curious to know that if you ever, if you ever get a chance to speak with him. But basically, another team, good, solid team, kind of, te- kind of lagged off towards the end on this one also. Um, but I can get behind that team. Those are the three or four teams that I'm looking at in this draft, and that team was definitely one of them. Yeah, and, well, I, and I'll tell I, you, here's where, here's where the and, – and, Michael, let me, let me just finish this real quick. No problem. This is, yeah. where, this is why the FFWC is so difficult to win, okay, the Roto Bowl and the World Championship format, because rounds 9 through 12, they matter. And you can't be going and taking dual quarterbacks in that 9 through 12 range. And, and, you know, it just makes it a little bit tough. It makes it a little bit tough when you start taking two quarterbacks, two tight ends. You need to fire away at your running backs and your wide receivers so that you can survive the bye weeks and the injuries. So, Mike, go ahead. Yeah, I really love what Aces Full did. Uh, Adrian Peterson, uh, they took him uh, kind of like what Corey said. They, they took him because they wanted to take him. Uh, we talked about it earlier in the show. And then they backed him up with some, some solid wideouts. I mean, are you kidding yeah. me? Alshon, yeah. Pierre, yeah. Michael. I mean, T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton's going to have a huge year this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, he, had, he, had a, he had a good first five picks, bro. I love the first five picks. And then, it, and then the Pitta and Cutler picks are, are, you know, it's a great combination for your tight end and your quarterback. Uh, let's see what he can do to survive the bye weeks and the flex because he's got a very good seven-man unit going out there. You've got to start uh, two more, you know, skill position guys. Let's see what, let's see what he can put together. I, I think Clay can help you out off and on but not to be dependable every single week. Let's move on. Gridiron Irishman, Ed Nolan, great drafter, always joins the Red versus Blue draft. Here you go. Exec, Des Bryant, Roddy White, Colston, Decker, Ruben Randall, Dobson, Hartline, lots of starting options. Running back, Vereen, Jennings, Jeremy Hill, Charles Sims, tight end, Jimmy Graham, quarterback, Andrew Luck. What you got? I can get with it. like a lot of the picks on that team. Dobson is key to that team. If Dobson can come out and be, I don't want to say kind of have the season that Alshon Jeffrey had last year, but if Dobson can come out and be a deep target that Tom Brady can trust, 
that team could be cooking with gas. So the pieces are in place. Need some guys to hit. Colson is, is a bum. I would never draft Marcus Colson. He's a bum. Yeah. There you go, right there. I said it. Yeah. I, I love the little... fact. I love the fact that they uh, they, they they grabbed uh, uh, Jimmy Graham real quick, uh, but uh, uh, Rashad Jennings. What are we gonna get out of him? Oh, you're gonna you're gonna get good production. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get good production out of him while he plays, and that's the only thing that matters is when he's in there, he's gonna be starting, and you know he's gonna be fine. If he okay. does break down, you, that's why you that's why you have a handcuff, and you back him up with somebody, or you back him up with another uh, somebody else's cuff or something. You know, you gotta have something ready to go because he is getting a little bit up there. But the fact that you can draft Des Bryant in a draft at the, at the uh, seven pick and have Jimmy Graham coming back to you, you feel like you're gonna win the whole thing, bro. That's sweet. So I can see why he went safe with Roddy White in the third. He's like, no, I'm not going to take any chances right now. I'm going to go with Roddy White. And then in the fourth, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and get my RB that catches a lot of balls. Fifth, I'm going to get my workhorse running back. In the sixth, I'm not going to take a, a stab right now because I've got a solid draft. Just give me a 1,000-yard, eight-touchdown guy in Marquez Colson. And you know he still has that. He proved that against Seattle. I do, I do agree that he could be, quote-unquote, a bum for most of the season. But at this point in the draft, the guy just doesn't want to lose it. He kind of went into safe mode after those first two picks, and I can kind of understand why because the dynamics of the draft, bro, they start messing with your head, you know. Well, the board started to look barren. I'm looking at the board and start to look barren after like the fifth, sixth round. I was like, well, you got some heavyweights in there. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I, I tell you what, Corey, would you rather have uh, Marquez Colson or uh, Dwayne Bowe? I uh, got to both of those are tough. I would say Bo. Alex Smith don't throw outside the, the hash marks, which makes me sick. But you know what? That team, towards the end of the season last year, the way Bo started to pick it up as that team started to get in tougher games, right. he okay. right. from Bo. So there you have yep. it. So I'm not – I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather drop down the board and get somebody else like a Greg Jennings, but, you know, well, that's just me. I'm going to have to cut you off real quick. We've got seven minutes. We've got to roll through these other teams. Crown their ash mark, pour with – Starts off the draft, A.J. Green, Andre Johnson, uh, with wide receivers Green, Andre, Dwayne Bowe, Eddie Lacy, Joyke Bell, Steven Jackson, Drew Brees, Jason Witten, Cecil Shorts, Drew, he's got Fred Jackson, he's got lots of starting options. I like what Crown Their Ash did. I'm going to give Corey one comment, and then we'll move on for Mike for the comment for the next team. Corey, what do you think? I like it a lot. So far, so good. Definitely can get behind that team. I'm not as high on A.J. Green as others, but I do like it. Yeah, getting Eddie Lacy in that second round, might as well go ahead and fire away with a great quarterback in Breeze and then take some shots with some better, some players, Bell, Andre, Witten, Bo. He's, he's, he's getting a lot of veterans there. Andre, Witten, Bo, and Steven Jackson, a little bit long in the tooth for my eyes, but he, did, he, did get a, he does have a lot of options, a lot of options. He kind of went into safe mode, too, with that A.J. Green, Eddie Lacy start, Drew Breeze. He kind of went into safe mode a little bit too harsh. All right, Mike Trent, we're going to pick you up with this bright side of life and Frank Shinnick's team. Marshall, Julio, Nix, Wheaton as the four receivers, Aaron Rodgers, running back Stacy Sankey, Kerry Robinson, Terry West, Terrence West, Devontae Freeman, sleeper baby, Jordan Cameron, Jordan Reed. I love those tight ends. He's actually got his flex as Jordan Reed and his flex in Kerry Robinson. What do you think about that team? Oh, Mike, hold on. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta unmute you here. Here you go. There you go. Go ahead. Am I unmuted now? Yeah, you're unmuted. 
Am I live? Okay. You're live. Hurry up. Honestly, I I, I don't like the team that much. Uh, I like Brandon Marshall uh, out of the gates. Uh, I like Aaron Rodgers in the third round. Uh, Other than that, uh, Zach Stacey is going to be fine. Uh, Bishop Sankey, you know, we'll see. He's going to be He's going to be a wonderful player, but this year I'm not so sure. So I, you know, he just, it just, okay. I just question his depth. Okay. Well, I don't like Zach Stacy as much, but I, but I get it. Devontae Freeman, a nice pick that could be roaring down the stretch. The problem is this is the FFWC, bro. You got to have more wide receivers. When we say fire away at wide receivers, fire away at wideouts. Don't get your third in the eleventh round unless you think that Nick's is going to be an absolute monster and. You still need to survive the bye weeks and the injuries. Corey, Fantasy Surgeon's up next. What do you think of that team? I like the way he put it together. Came out the gate with DeMarco, then came, then came right back around. Got my guy, Antonio Brown. You know how much I love Antonio Brown. Put it together nice. On the turn like that, running back, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver. Got a big, big, big boost with RG3 down the stretch. One of the teams is going to be there when it's time, to, when it's time, when it's time for you to write the check. It's going to be, he's, Joe Brown is going to be in the mix. Okay, so he needs two flex options, and if I'm seeing it right, his receivers are Brown, Cruz, and Mike Wallace. So his flex options are who? Eric Ebron and Pierre Thomas? Is that his, is that his flex? Jordan Matthews? I think Pierre, you know, Pierre, Pierre Thomas can catch 70 passes like he did yeah. last season. Jordan Matthews is a Jeremy Macklin injury away from being, from being a guy that you can put into your roster every week. Okay. Okay, I can get. Uh, okay, I see what you're saying. Still needs. Uh, so, so Matthews is a rookie. Pierre Thomas is a great flex. I love Pierre Thomas as my flex. Okay, Mike Trent, it's your turn. Here we go. They hate me. Peyton Manning as quarterback. We saw that. Monty Ball, right. Trent Richardson as your RB two. Stephen Ridley and Sproles as your three and four. Your wide receivers are Vincent Jackson, Wes Welker, Golden Tate, and Jarrett Boykin. Tight end Ladarius Green in the tenth. I love Ladarius Green. What do you think of that team? Yeah, yeah. This isn't bad. Uh, I wish he could have waited uh, on the quarterback uh, because he probably could have gotten Peyton a little bit later. But uh, building a foundation, you start with Peyton. Not bad. Uh, Molly Ball and uh, Trent Richardson. I feel good about that. And uh, Vincent and Wells, Wes Welker, uh, Golden Tate. There's a lot of things in that team that you can fill in. So uh, yeah. I don't, uh, you know, I like it better than the team uh, than BSOL. Yeah. Well, you know what, Eric Wright, welcome to Rotobo, bro. It's your your team. Uh, you got those Broncos, and that's going to be exciting to watch. Uh, and then Corey, we finally get to the last team, Carolina Super Luke Ryan Hanlon. He called in. He let us know that the Fitz pick was a mistake. It started things off on a little bit of a downward spiral. He brings in Cam Newton and the Panthers, and he's starting Fitz, Keenan Allen, Amendola. He brings in Evans and Bolden as some options. He also has Doug Martin, Matthews, Gore, and Woodhead, and his tight end is Julius Thomas. Uh, did, did, I mean, he, he, he's doing what he can. Picks it up the best way he can after that tough start. You know, yeah. listen, we're writing for, we're writing for Gerald Law. How do, how do, we don't really know that this man is not going to go out there and catch 85 passes and 12 touchdowns. Everybody's all on yeah. Michael Floyd. Maybe he did the right thing going in the opposite direction. I love Julius Thomas. Another one of the guys I say is the X Factor in fantasy football. Frank Gore's ADP is dropping all over the place, so he definitely had, definitely came out of value. So it's going to be it's going to be tough. Middle of the pack, we'll have to fight it out. Not one of the ones I got my eye on to get in the big check at the end, but you know we'll see how it happens because um, there is some interesting players on that team. 
fantasy exec Corey Parsons, Sirius XM Fantasy. You can catch him every morning, Monday through Friday, right there on Sirius XM Fantasy. Thanks for being here, man. You're like a regular on Red vs. Blue. You're damn near family. Hey, well, you know, I've got to come through, talk a little fantasy football with the boys, so hopefully we get a chance to do it again soon. FFWC veteran Corey Parson, uh, Roto Bowl champion. Always uh, a, thanks for joining us, We man. always appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Mike, uh, that was a great show, bro. We're going to keep watching this draft. Thank We're going to be hawking it. We're going to be reviewing this draft all over the place. Thank you to all the drafters for being part of this live show. We're going we're gonna to stay on. I'm going to be here for overtime. Mike, I know you got to go, but we, this has been a yep. blast. Always is every single year. We will see you I guys next Friday night, and we're going to write up this draft. Uh, our high-stakes pros are going to write it up and attack it and let you know everything we can. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. It's been a fantastic draft. Uh, back here, Scott Atkins in overtime here on Red vs. Blue. Looks like Mike dropped out. But, uh, look, you guys are, are drafting some, uh, some awesome uh, some teams here tonight. We're seeing the good picks, the bad picks, the ugly. And here's these rounds. These rounds matter. Rounds 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. I've got to tell you, I've been playing high-stakes fantasy for years, since the very beginning of the original world championships. And I've got to tell you something. I've never been more confused about rounds 12 through 16 as I am this year. There's guys I like but not really guys that are really standing out for me. I've got to figure it out. This is what we have. We have approximately about 50 days left to figure it out, gang. And this is, this is tough. It's not easy. Team construction is where it's at. It's how do you construct your team. Will you construct a team? And will you learn from it? Can you start off tight end and quarterback early and still get a lineup with the FFWC? Yeah, but you need a lot of luck. You've got to be right on just about everything, and you need a lot of luck. So team construction is very important, and, and team construction varies depending on where you're drafting from, 1 through 12, and how the draft is shaking out. No drafts are alike. That's what we love about fantasy. For those of you that play the Roto Bowl, the $279 Roto Bowl, you qualify for the mega prize, the $500,000 grand prize, with our mock draft simulator. You'll have access to that in your player dashboard very soon. We're talking about another day or two. You will have access to the draft simulator Draft, draft, draft. We'd love to see somebody win that $500,000 grand prize. It's tough. It's long odds, but it's a big prize for long odds. So why not take a shot, draft the team that you drafted in Rotable, and maybe if that Rotable team gets hot, it'll be the same team that you have in the Mock Draft World Championship. That's all the advice I really have for you on that one. As far as Rotable, you've got to be thinking about the 11-man roster, the starting three wide receivers, surviving the bye weeks and the injuries, making sure you can do that. And it's just very hard to do that when you're drafting quarterbacks and tight ends early. I'm specifically quarterbacks. Very hard to do it. I would try to pull off a draft where I'm getting a Jay Cutler in the eighth round and waiting for a QB2. I would take a Josh McCown later and cross my fingers that he can hold the four down. If he can't, I'm going to roll with one quarterback all year. I'll roll with one quarterback. I'm not wasting picks on extra quarterbacks. Will I lose? Eh, you know what? If my quarterback goes down, I'm probably going to lose anyway, bro. I'm probably going to lose anyway, but I'll try to roll with, a, with somebody out there. You know what? Jay Cutler's backup last year, Josh McCown, did just fine. So who's to say Josh McCown uh, or, or the, the backup for Jay Cutler this year doesn't do as good? 
maybe he will. You know, I mean, look, it's just that's the way. So I don't spend extra picks on quarterbacks. That's my that's my little uh, my little tidbit of advice there. Jordan Palmer might be able to carry you just fine, or maybe it's David Fales, and one of those guys carry you if Jay Cutler goes down. I just don't spend a lot of picks. I don't spend picks on defenses. I don't spend picks on kickers when I should be backing up my running backs and wide receivers and thinking bye weeks and going for upside. If you want to win a tournament like the Rota Bowl, think big. Go for broke, baby. Go for big. Go, go, go big or go home, what they say, right? But do it in the right spots. Don't do it in the spots where you have to have a starter. Do it in the spots where it doesn't really matter, where, where those later rounds, you're, you're going for that upside pick. See, I love the Kelvin Benjamin pick in the 13th round by Frank Schenick, Bright Side of Life. I really like that pick. I love the Marquise Lee pick in the 14th round by They Hate Me. Those are some of the picks I like. All right, gang, we got to go. Uh, I'm going to get in the chat room and start uh, busting some chops in the chat room. Thank you for being here. Fun, fun draft. Thank you to Dr. Roto. Thank you to Joe Jefferson and Corey, the executive Parsons. Uh, for Mike Trent from Brandenburg, Kentucky, this is Scott Eck and signing out of Red vs. Blue.